こんにちはボンボットファミリーと私たちのライブ放送へようこそ私たちはあなたの視聴とリスニングの喜びのための素晴らしいショーを持っています今あなたのホストスコッティ・ジェイロとジェリー・ケーブルにステイ・ボンバーを楽しんで覚えておいてくださいWhat is going on, everybody? You know who it is. You know what time it is, too. It's Bombad time. What are you talking about? What? What? Yeah. Every Thursday, Bombad cast. If you've never watched this before, you know, um, right now is the best time because Jerry is not here. What? How great is that? Just kidding. Jerry is wonderful. Jerry's my co host. Uh, I'm Scotty Jerry, by the way. Nice to meet everyone here. Jerry is also the host of Hyperfocus, which is going to be making it made its return recently which is wonderful. Look at this. My co-host is pulling up comments. Wow. Uh, I love it. Oh, he's better than my current one. Uh, so uh, I hope Jerry listens. Is like, hey, man, my feelings hurt. But Jerry has Hyperfocus airs every other Saturday. Great show. He relaunched it with M from Pink Milk last weekend. It was amazing. They talked about Madonna and um, M's love for Madonna. Hyperfocus is not just Star Wars related. It has to do anything with what the, I guess, guest wants to discuss, which is wonderful. Every Wednesday, including most recently, uh, Bombad Gaming. Yep, that's where I play some video games. Hang on with y'all. I'm Sky Jira, by the way. Nice to meet all of you here. Um, and <laughs> we had a blast last time. We played some Fall Guys. Um, very, very stressful game. Um, I don't know what I'll be doing next week, but next week is our 
four hour four hour what it's not like a child walk it want you is a four hour pizza stream i love that nick laughed at that i could see it uh we have a four hour pizza stream so um yeah we're gonna be eating pizza hanging out playing a game for four hours i don't know what i'm gonna do sort of figure that right now uh but all that being said glad all of you could be here we do have a patreon by the way patreon uh our guest is actually a patron as well starting at seven dollars a month or you can set your price entirely up to you uh you get all kinds of perks a lot of these we launched this month oh my god thank you um and a, a, mo a couple of these things have happened um we're still trying to learn, work out some logistics. I want a vacation. Jerry took uh, Jerry wanted a sabbatical as well. But some of these things have already happened. The care package is something I'm very excited about. Um, I also recently got a bunch of buttons, a bunch of uh, key changes in. So that within itself is just exciting. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that. On it, you can also catch a show, The Greatest Teacher, something I've been working on about Joseph Campbell. Big fan of him. Not just recently. Uh, in terms of what I've been studying these past couple years as educator, I love. Joseph Campbell, and I talk about him a lot, and Jerry has a show called The Ken and Jackie Corner, where he reads bits and pieces of a Star Wars novel and gives his thoughts. And all that being said, I'm happy to be here. That's a lot of talking. And uh, yeah, I need to bring in my co-host. Okay, this guy right here. Okay, one of my favorites. He's also going to be one of the co-collaborators -collab and co-hosts of a huge event coming up on September 17th. Okay, no joke when I say this. What happens that day is going to be groundbreaking on so many levels. I cannot get into the details yet. Uh, you will find out within the coming week. So you will know. You will know. Uh, let's bring him in. The wonderful, the beautiful, my sweetest friend. Someone actually, we sat on the beach shirtless for like a hot minute um, about a week ago. Nick Milky. Hey, mate. Who invited you here? Well. Well. It's a good question. It's a good question. Who invited me here? And I guess I'm going to play the role of George Costanza's father for just a minute. Air oh, some no. grievances real quick up top. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, you talked about that Patreon and that's super exciting. That's super fun that you have that Patreon. That's right. And you have this thing where you read the names of your Patreon members. Usually at the I end have of it right the show, here. you read them off, yeah. which is touching, fantastic. What happened the very first time you read off the names of your Patreons, Scotty? I think I forgot a couple of people. A couple of people. Is that right? One of, one of whom would be this guy. <laughs> so that's one thing. You know, I'm, I'm Look, a, I'm going to be adult. honest with y'all. No, I know. Look, I'm, 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 I'm a grown, I'm a grown human show. man. I'm, I'm a grown human show. man. I can I think let anyone things go. That. This was actually a conversation we were having in my house just before I came out here to do this show. Oh, about no. other related items um not in my house <laughs> other things but um so, you know i can let things go so i was like cool you know things happen i get excited i get invited to be on with you this week i love of course anytime i don't have to be in charge i don't have to drive i get to come and do something outside the norm of podcast the wheels or my atg cast stuff which i dearly love so i go to pull up youtube and i'm going to copy the link because i'm getting the tweet ready We're, i'm doing my part i'm going to be a good guest I'm going to crank out a tweet that says, hey, come join us. Here's the link. What does the YouTube link say your guest is tonight, Scott? Okay, what does it say? Because I edited on StreamYard. I did, Nicholas. I believe I it did. says with Pete Fletcher. So <laughs> I don't think I'm really wanted here anymore. So no, maybe it's no, just time. You are, you are more than wanted. I got desperate. Like, I got desperate. And I'm like, 
you know, Pete can't make it. He's playing country music, you know, and I'm not even joking when I say that. And I'm like, who's the only other person that could actually hang and pull this off with me? Let me see what it says. It says Nick Milky on YouTube. Maybe, maybe it is the current. It is, it is a previous link you got. Look, I'll, sh I'll show you. It, I'll does, it, it does say it now. You're right. But when I copied it 20 minutes ago to put in a tweet, it said featuring <laughs> Pete Fletcher. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You look, changed, pull it, up you right changed here. it while I was talking. I'll tell you right now. There's no way. Look at that. What does it say? Hold on. What does it say right here? Can you see it? Oh, I just made it large. Yeah, there right it is. Here. I saw it now. Musicians who need to do a Star War. I don't know. I don't know. Nick. You must have got William to go in the background and do this for you while oh, I was complaining. My, of course. You're just William. trying to make me look bad. All right. Well, here. Just... <laughs> I'm I am more than happy to let bygones be bygones. Oh, wait. CW's got my back. I saw Pete's name. No! Receipts, baby. The mother's oh, milk of me being right God. and you being wrong. Jesus. Look at this. So, this is this is also a take, by the way. This is something I never even thought about. You sound no like Cleveland from Family Guy. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not familiar enough I don't with know. Family Guy. He's a black guy, so you sound like a black guy, which is kind of cool. I mean, let's be real. Like, but you within I don't yourself feel like I'm allowed to respond to that comment in any way. Are you? Oh, well, okay. I'll take the I'll take the heat for that one. Um, I mean, let's be real. <laughs> okay. But well, no, I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing to let bygones be bygones. And as such, I'm going to do what I do best. I've got a shot oh, here. I'm raising it in go. your honor. Cheers to you. Happy Bombag cast. <laughs> That's why I love Nick. I love this because I didn't know there was a shot. We talked about 20 minutes before the show even started. Amazing. Yeah, look. There you go. Black guy, but voiced by a white guy. So I kind of got saved there with that one. Whew. Actually, actually now that I think about this, Alden and I worse? talked about this. Talked about this a couple of days ago, and how if I ever get hit by a bus, somebody's going to have to delete all the voice notes in my phone where I've tried to do <laughs> Lando impersonations. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Lando's one of the best. I mean, I, I, hey, Nikki, that's how I'd say it. Like I, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I can do a better one. Here? I want to say one thing real quick. I love this guy. Just going to say I love Alden Diaz. That's all. I'm gonna leave it just at that. He, he's a real one. He's a real one. Uh, speaking of Alden, will actually be a part of Potathon, which That's is coming right. up. Nick, are you are you pumped for that? Let's be real. Are you pumped? For I that? grow monumentally more pumped by the day because a moment. Obviously, working with you, working with Pete, planning this last year was fantastic. Last year we had so much fun. I had a blast. I wasn't one of the planners last year, but I feel like I tried to help out as much as I could. I did my show. All that jazz. And so to be in from the beginning, working on it, and just knowing the effort that we're putting in, we're getting great help from amazing friends. And it's, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and put this out there. No cap, as the kids say, it's going to be better than, bigger and better than last year in ways that I'm not allowed to put into words at this exact moment. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We'll leave it at that. I'm uh, thankful for everything we've put together so far for the event. Six weeks out, pretty much, right at six, seven weeks. And um, right before, so to give a little bit of announcement, right before is D23. So, like, we'll be building off the hype of that as well. So, we'll be talking all about a lot of that. And then we'll have about 15 shows. I believe all of them have been announced. Let me see if I could pull up the Instagram post. Um, but it looks like pretty much everyone's been um, been announced in terms of Who's contributing to the Potathon, not who their guests are. I got are. you right here. Hold, hold yeah, that I'm thought. looking at it. You got it. Look at this. Big chunk. Big, look at this. 
This is wonderful. Team Big Chungus, by the way, this is the trivia team of Alden and Michael. Look at this. What a beautiful slate. Look at that. Oh, my God. So you can see you got Coffee with Kenobi. You've got Nick right there. Amazing. We got Becca with Tarkin's Top Shelf. We got Pete ATG cast. We got Octo Radio with... <laughs> we got the Bomb Headcast. We've got Star Wars Explained. What, Alex Amal? Are you kidding me? We got Tatooine yep. Sons. We've got... Uh, what's the other one? I can barely see that's it. That's the Night Sisters podcast. Night Sisters. That's right. That's I. You know what? And that's a show... I'm not super familiar with just yet, and I yep. cannot wait to get to learn about them. And I mean that. That's right. Um, we've Making got Shadow, which is Katrina's wonderful new show. Yep. Very exciting. We've got uh, what's the other one right there, Nick? My That's the followers of the well. Force. Followers of the Force. Yes, heard of them. Wonderful Broaxium. We've got Father yep. Son Galaxy. Great podcast. We got Kanata's uh, Castle. And we got the amazing Pink Milk. Truly one of yep. the greatest shows in this space. But um, that being said, man, that's a lineup. That's an unreal lineup all day, all day, all hitters, all hitters, 15 all hours, time. probably. That's right. probably. <laughs> we're going to see TBD. if we can pull 15. TBD. We'll Sorting that out. Oh man. Um, so, um, yeah, we're, we're, and, we're and this is the best game. thing. September 17th, all day, Saturday. It's all for make a wish foundation. If you're not familiar That's with right. Python, if you're one of the bomb bad cast watchers and you're new to bomb bad cast or Python or any of that, all the money is raised for Make-A-Wish. All the money goes directly to Make-A-Wish, and that's a big thing that we really like to push. The links that you will click on to donate are Make-A-Wish links, so we're not collecting the money, and then you're hoping we turn yep. around and send it instead of just you know buying Scotty a Ferrari or something. Um, yep. It's all going directly to Make-A-Wish, and last year we raised over $8,200. We have set the goal for 10000 this year. I truly think we're going to blow it out of the water. and. Oh, yeah. I can say also, um, I think Pete said this actually in the in a message he put up earlier. We're at six hundred dollars already, and the event Unreal. is still more than a month and a half away. So Literally. people are chiming in. You can go ahead and donate now if you want to. We're gonna have raffles connected to that donation. Yeah. Um, for every five dollars somebody donates, actually, that's one one entry into the raffles and the prizes that we're going to give away. Um, and if you donate now, before. September 17th, any donations made now between now and the start of the event are worth double entries into the raffle pool. So we're tracking all that bunch of amazing stuff to give back. We have potathon buttons That's that right. are going to be coming. The first 25 people to donate period are going to get one of those buttons. Um, yep. Lots of good stuff and all for a very, very, very good cause. Can't believe it. And like, you know, we've, we've already put a good bit of work into it, but we're not even really started yet. Like in right. terms of like, making things come to fruition and i'm uh i'm eager to say that within the next week you're going to hear a good bit of news so um yep. there'll be some confirmation some things we can finally address and and, and bring into the uh the forefront and i'm very excited to say that but uh all that being said um nick i'm so glad you're here uh this is something i've always wanted to talk about and i haven't figured out the right time to do it and right now we're right between andor and mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're, we're just in the middle, right? We're, we we just came off of Light and Magic, which I've only watched the first episode. Have you watched an episode of it yet? I've watched the first episode and like half of the second one. So I'm right about Dude, the first one was phenomenal. I said like, to somebody this morning, I'm already sad that there's only five more and that it's going to end. Like it's the kind of behind the scenes that I thrive on and I love so much. Um, that it just is one of those things that this is this is my favorite kind of other star wars i love behind yep. the scenes i love process yep. i love how did they do it and especially in that era to get the history 
of ILM and to see, you know, the wild, you know, they went and bought a thing and made a hot tub or a cold tub out of it for them to hang yep. out. And it was the wild, you know, it was the wild west for a while, but really out of wild and west came unbelievable earth changing special effects movie. Did you leave? Well, when it was over, did you feel inspired? Cause I was blown. I was oh, like, without a doubt, I want to play with my phone. Like I want to like go film stuff outside and like, yep. you know, like I just want to be creative and weird. Look at coffee and core bands here. But, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm big into behind the scenes as well, Nick. And I'm glad you and I both share that love because some people could care less, but I, I really do think, you know, when they showed the Dykes reflex and they showed how mm -hmm. the heck it worked and they had that dude, I had never seen that shot of the camera zooming up on the Falcon. And that guy was yes. in the shot. I, I watched it four or five times. I had to show Katie twice. I'm like, you gotta see how cool this is. Cause mm -hmm. we've never seen it. There was before. one in and, the one today and it's not a spoiler. It doesn't give anything away. But there's one where they talk about the shot of the escape pod. I think that was in the. Oh, that wasn't. Is that, that was the, those, one? that was the first one. Okay, the very With end. Mica dust, dust in the. Oh. Yeah, in the black. It's just black. He's like, you notice there's no stars. He's like, but I packed mica dust in around all these little areas, and that's such a thing. And when I was a kid watching the original trilogy, that scene when that escape pod goes, of course the dust was something that I always noticed. And then there's also the added thing of the hooks. A few yes. seconds after it leaves, those hooks go. And they just move forward like it's resetting uh -huh. into a thing. And those little things have always stood out to me. And those are the things that I'm looking at going. Yeah, th these are the little details that I just I eat it up. So I am so, can't wait to watch the rest of it. It's such a weird special because I always thought we saw everything. Like I mm -hmm. always thought everything has been seen by the public. But there was so much archival footage that I truly could not believe that was unearthed. And you know what else is interesting, too? They showed the film copies of those scenes, those special effects. Yes. And I wonder how they address George's, you know, going back into it and reworking mm -hmm. it. But um, oh my God, I I I completely agree. And like right. it was so cool to see like, you know, Phil Tippett and Dennis Beeren's childhood special mm -hmm. effects scenes and Unbelievable. stuff. I don't know. I'm oh, watching that real. now going, I wouldn't know how to do that right now with the iPhone I Literally. have. That's a million times better than the cameras they had at that point. Like literally, they were shooting that fascinated. It was it's analog. Like now we can mm -hmm. digitally go and edit anything, right? You know, right. but like they were doing that analog with like you know like doing double um like double uh what's it called exposure. Like yes. I, I I can't I truly can't even figure it out. But um yeah man we're in we're in a weird time right now because. We just came off of Kenobi, which was stellar. I loved it. It was amazing. Yep. But I will say, and I'm not the first to say it, music was lackluster for me. I yep. thought they had some good moments, mm -hmm. but I wasn't, I didn't resonate with me. And I'm really eager to see what Andor does because this is the other show that's like within its own category of show 12 episodes, right. 24 episodes in total. When it's, you know, it's done, it's going to run for a lot longer. The music might be really different than Ludwig van Gorsen. You know, it, it, yeah. it, there's so much potential there. And I kind of want to open up the discussion with this. Mm -hmm. You growing up with the original trilogy, right? Right. Was there any like particularly fond memories with the music alone growing up with that? There definitely was because, again, the original trilogy was my childhood. I will say, and it's almost like this is a 1A, 1B situation. There was definitely Star Wars music. That opening fanfare, that was everything. Every time I saw those movies, whether it was the first time, whether it was the 30th time, that fanfare was so big. The music just, 
it set that atmosphere. I will say probably at that age, more impactful than the star Wars music was the Indiana Jones theme. And again, that's why really? I give it one, a one, a one B because I played star Wars. I had figures. I pretended sometimes to do star Wars stuff, but more often than not, if I was playing outside and playing pretend, I was playing pretend mm -hmm. Indiana Jones more than I was playing mm -hmm. pretend star Wars, possibly because of the real world elements. And I could fake a whip yeah. and jump off of things and roll around yeah. and, you know, pretend to be in an Indiana Jones fight. And mm -hmm. so that Indiana Jones theme was the thing that I heard in my head every time I jumped off of literally anything or anytime oh, I was yeah. running and, and doing that, but it's the same feeling and I would say one of the bigger impacts for me with the original trilogy and with the music, and this was just because as I got older and started to notice more things, yeah, was the points when I realized there's almost no point in any of those first three movies where music is not happening. Like there's not. Oh, science. yeah. It literally is all. a space opera that is setting the tone and the scene for everything that's happening. If Obi-Wan is going across the bridge, trying to get to shut down the tractor beam. There's no dialogue. There's ambient noise and sound effects, but there's mm -hmm. music under it that's driving you from one thing to the next. There's all but, and I'd have to, I'm sure there's a point somewhere where there is some actual dead space, silence, no music, but it's really, and so to me, that blew my mind. Like to go, you can have this entire thing and they end up doing it later when the sequel trilogy came out. I know with Last Jedi on Disney Plus, you can watch the score. Oh, my God. It's, and it's Last great. Jedi. And I can it's have great. that on in the background and I can know what's going on in the movie based on what the music is telling me. And that is so powerful. And that's what it does to us, whether it's a conscious thing or whether it's a subconscious thing, because I love sure. the Star Wars music. I love classical music. I love anything John Williams did. You know, so many of the people we're going to talk about tonight. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not the guy like I wish I knew more about it than I do. Like I've had times where you've texted or Pete's texted or I've got my buddy Steve that I started podcast of the wheels with. And all the time he's like, oh, yeah. And this part, they do a little, you know, redux to raise theme. And I'm still yeah. going, I have to listen to it like five times to catch it and be like, oh, that's what that <laughs> is. Like I'm not as deeply ensconced into it as I'd love to be. But I sure. love the music and it's so good for me. It's so calming. You know, I have it on in my office a lot of times. I've just got a John Williams playlist on Amazon and I just let it yeah. roll and put it on, you know, shuffle and you're getting, you know, stuff from Close Encounters. You're getting Jurassic Park. Oh, you're getting E.T. God, the best. I mean, we could do a whole show just about John Williams and be, yeah. you know, set. But um, yeah, for me with the original trilogy, I definitely loved the music and it was such a crucial part of experiencing those movies as a kid. But I think the driving thing, and again, I kind of give it second place because it is John Williams was the Indiana Jones score and what that did for my sense of adventure. Honestly, that's what adventure felt so, like as a kid. I got to ask you, cause I actually yeah. never had the chance to ask you about this when you were in the room mm -hmm. when he did. Cause I know you I were, like a baby. you were, I bet you were, I bet that cause I that like got to me, the Imperial mm -hmm. March got to me too. Kenobi theme got to me. What really got to me in that room too was when they did duel the fates that, that 30 right. piece choir, mm -hmm. that, that and this is funny because you said subconsciously earlier when you take it in. I mean, of course, I grew up loving the prequels and I had the opportunity to own all the CDs at one point because right. it was just accessible at a CD player. So mm -hmm. I know when you were growing up, it was tapes 
and and records, right? I had, a Fisher, I mean, I had, a rec- I had records. No, 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 I did. I had a Fisher okay. Price record player, and yeah. I had 33s. I had some of the 45s. I had the storybook. There um, we go. Yeah, the storybook Uh-oh. ones that had, you know, when R2-D2 beeps, you turn the page, and they played the score in mm-hmm. the backgrounds of those and yeah, all that kind of stuff. But that's the kind of thing that could allow you to be in your room and allow you to imagine mm-hmm. and, and, and act like you're – Anakin or Luke or whatever. But the thing is, I was lucky enough to grow up in a time where when I played Star Wars Bounty Hunter or Star Wars right. Battlefront 2 as a kid, all mm-hmm. that music would be subconsciously in the back of my brain when I played these games being these characters. So right. it was it's a it's a weird thing. We have very similar stories in the sense of what it means to us, but we both digested them and took them in different ways. It's so weird. Sure. And that's truly the power of music and it's so funny i want to bring up something my grandma told me once and she watched a new hope in theaters um my uncle martin loved it loved it it was his favorite movie he saw it over that summer like 17 times because he lived right next to a theater and i Mm -hmm. think she went a couple of times with him and she looked at me and this is like you know about a year ago she goes is the music still good for all these star wars stuff because she knew new (laughs) stuff was coming out and i'm like yeah it is and she goes i'll just never forget sitting in that theater and just being blown away by a new hopes music. And I'm like, that's right. just, she's 83. Like, mm-hmm. like that was, that was a blip in her life. It wasn't her whole life like us, you know, but like someone that can still, you know, in an old age post stroke, mm-hmm. like still has a love for that music. And I'm like, I, there's something to that. I mean, like and there's you can't see anything. Right. And I think there's an element to that of, and I heard this mentioned on somebody else's show in a different context earlier this week, um, cultural memory. We have a pop cultural memory where even if you're a grandmother or my mother or somebody Mm -hmm. who didn't watch Star Wars, if you hear the Star Wars fanfare, you know that's the Star Wars song. The Imperial March, you may not be able to name it the Imperial March, but you're going to say that's a Star Wars song. Because you and I know this, we live in SEC football country, and That's when the right. defense comes back out onto the field, every college marching band in the state plays the Imperial March because oh, yep. here comes the defense, and we're going to get a stop. Uh-huh. You know the cult, the pop cultural memory that is tied to things like the music. I would say um, the Cantina Band song is right yeah. up there. I think the main theme, Imperial March, Cantina Band theme, as far as like that pop cultural memory, those are the three. Unreal that definitely connect. I would almost posit, and it's interesting you talking about the prequels is um, that was a different time for me. I was halfway through college. We talk about this all the time for me. That was kind of another like reawakening to the music. Cause I had that big gap from my childhood. Of course I still watch the movies over the years, but when the prequels came, when Phantom Menace came, honestly, duel of the fates was on trl on mtv and they ran that video and it ended up in the top 10 i wish i had looked up the stats for what it was and what it did it was like it was like 10 weeks it was something crazy it was yeah it was a multiple period of time and i was in college and i'd be doing study i'd study or be doing whatever it was in my in my room and i'd have trl on because i was waiting for that and i was going yeah this is rad and of course you because they had there was a behind the scenes like video with it too, yes, where it showed them correct. making the songs with shots from the movie. It's just, it, there is something to that song. Yes. And we'll get into that in a second, but like, you've got a, it, it's almost hard to admit, like, you know, for anyone that's, we would consider a normie. And I know we've talked about it before when there's like something that's a normie, they, they kind of take in Star Wars in a different way. Right. And right. um, I'm, I'm, 
happy just to say like most normies when they watch Star Wars, they leave with the music. They understand the music. Mm-hmm. And Williams says a perfect light right here. This is beautiful. There are very few movies that you can associate with music to the title of a movie. Star Wars is one. Jaws, Harry Potter, are definitely. The, and I a thousand percent agree. Even Harry Potter. And you know what's funny? Yes, as time goes on. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> as time goes on, you know, we've got music, pop music that has bled into the cultural zeitgeist. Like one of them that I'm, I'm teaching Katie on guitar right now. It's a uh, it's Seven Nation Army. Do you hear yes. that? At, like, you know, in Europe, again, he, college football you know, games. Yeah, college. Big, you hear it all mm-hmm. across the world. And then, like, it's games. so weird. Sports, sports ball. Because he literally, he, Jack White says, I mean, he recorded it. It was just like, let's get it, let's just get it recorded and yeah. get it over with. It's not going to be a hit. And it literally is as big as, you know, and I know, Anything I think Conan done. O'Brien, yeah, <laughs> Cody O'Brien said on this show, it's, it's big as, you know, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Like, it's like, it's just so integral. Yep. It's like Old McDonald had a farm. Mm-hmm. It's huge. But, um, yeah. That's that's the beauty of Star Wars and being able to make music for a Star Wars show because mm-hmm. unfortunately you're held to the highest standard of all time. You're held to John Williams. You know, right. like you're not if you're if you're pressured to do a Star Wars, you know, even John Williams feels the pressure of John Williams. Like when he came back right. and he did The Force Awakens, he was like I wanted Ray's theme to be perfect. And mm-hmm. when I was in that theater, Nick, I want to hear your story on this. When I was in that theater, and I was like, okay, so far I'm enjoying this movie. But when it showed her, you know, take off the mask and go down yep. the dune, you're dun, 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 yep. dun, instantly became iconic. Did you feel mm-hmm. that same way? I did. And it was one of those, I had read the articles where he talked about that. And so for me, and I don't know if this is the dad in me, even though obviously he could easily be my grandfather. Um, <laughs> it was the pride, it was the pride thing of going. He nailed it. He got, you know, as a creative, you know, you're a creative person. I'm a creative person. We spend a lot of time critiquing the things we do, asking our friends that we trust. Hey, is this thing I'm doing crap or not? I need to know. I have this idea for a bit. It may not be good, whatever it is. (laughs) That when after reading that article and knowing that when it hit, I just went, this is perfect. Like it was exactly, it told me what I needed to know about Ray meeting her for the first time in those moments ding 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 yep. i'm like what a it was positive beautiful... but it was pensive at the same time like it oh my truly God. did it was measured and that was yes something, you know she was somebody who was reserved she was careful those notes were careful it wasn't a full oh orchestra it was nope. simple and to the point it was somebody it was very genuine and that's what we get with it's ray so very early on and it's funny because Eric Conham and I talked to us about uh, talked to us a few weeks ago. We were watching, and I'll bring up this person again later, David Wise, who made all of the Donkey Kong Country music right. and a bunch mm-hmm. of other video game music. I, I always Eric's like, is he even playing notes? Because like he's so <laughs> good that like it's it, obviously you can transpose it to a guitar or whatever. But like there's things like ding 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 ding. I'm like mm-hmm. that is just so transcendent. It's just so perfect, you know or Kylo Ren's theme, you know, dun, 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 yes. like again, communicate iconic. Yeah. And that's what I think is so powerful. And I think maybe a gift that John Williams has that yes. not a lot of other composers. And we're going to talk about a bunch of composers here in a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, I think maybe more than, and I've studied Williams the most I've, you know, I'm familiar with a bunch of others. Of course, there's a bunch of other iconic composers. I do yeah. think that Williams is the number one. 
And I mm. would posit that he, there's nobody better than him at writing a theme that communicates the character or the core of the movie or, and that's what makes those things so iconic. If you look at um, E.T., the flying yeah. theme in E.T., God, you could listen to that and be like, this is somebody <sighs> flying. The hook yep. theme. If you look at Jurassic Park, the Jurassic Park theme is one of my favorite themes of all the stuff he's done. Like it just Beautiful. every time that helicopter, I can see that scene. The helicopter's coming down through the thing. It's landing. It swells yep. when they're driving in the Jeep. Um, Superman. TW's got it yep. exactly right there. The Superman theme. That's another key childhood memory. Um Indiana Jones. Well, Indiana Jones. Oh, Superman. my God. Okay. Yeah. And those times when I was a kid where I couldn't figure out, is it Superman or is it Indiana Jones? Well, wait. And it's funny, too. Now, now to kind of play into the, you know, modern day era. And I know Nick can attest to this because we both love Marvel. But when they do the dun, 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 yeah. rum, dun, 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 boom. And I know me seeing it doesn't really add anything to it, but it's part of it, right? Like nothing gets me more excited. And it's been a couple of movies where we haven't had that sensation it's a, because it's, it's been cold opens for a lot of them. And that is the one that always sets me off. They did it with a guitar for Thor mm -hmm. and love and thunder. Yes. It's so a huge sick. part of it. It's a huge part of it. And just to give another indication of that and the intergenerational nature of it, I've talked about before, we've got the Mom CU podcast that we do where Great me and my show. four girls are watching all the Marvel movies in timeline order with my wife who doesn't know anything about Marvel. Awesome. We finished Endgame Monday night. Um, I've got to get that episode out, but we finished no Endgame. No way. So we're, we're up to, basically we told her that we would do Far From Home and No Way Home because she loves Spider-Man and I think that's when we're going to cut yeah. it off. Maybe Love mm -hmm. and Thunder when it's available, but um, well, that's been the thing. Am I... Go ahead. Wild emotions. I was, gonna, was there any wild emotions during that one? It was really interesting. It's one of our shorter episodes, which I expected wow. it to be because when it was over, she was like, I just don't have anything to say. I loved it. It was so wow. good. Like she didn't, wow. you know, it was a little bit late, but it was also interesting because Infinity War and Endgame both, she was like, she was like, if all of them were like this, she was like, I would have loved this entire process. She said, as a result, there are some along the way that she loved. She loved Black Widow. She loved, yeah. you know, Guardians and Thor. But then, like, Civil War, which is one of my favorites, she's like, mm, I don't care. Like, it didn't do it for her. Ultron wow. didn't do it for her. Like, you know, everybody has different tastes, things they liked. Sure. But Infinity War and Endgame, she was like, these are the two, like, may end up being two of her four favorites when we do the Mount Rushmore. Um, <laughs> but it was so good for her that by the time it was over, she's like, I don't have anything to say. I just loved it. She's like, if it wasn't late, I'd start it and watch it again right now. Heck but yeah. with my kids... And this was kind of my original point when you were talking about Marvel with my kids who are all Marvel obsessed. When that theme starts at the beginning of every movie, they lose their mind. They've seen it 20. Do they cry? Do they, They're just excited. Do they cry? They're like, yeah, like cheering, I cry. Right? Just cheering. I cry a little bit. And I but get when it. When we went and saw, it, I would say when well, we went and saw Love and Thunder and it played on guitar, yeah. they did lose their mind over that. So cool. So good. And you know, it's funny. It's like, Every generation is going to have their thing. You know, we were privileged enough to have Star Wars. And of course they did too, to a certain right. extent. But like that, is, Marvel is is this generation's literal thing. You know, I've got kids that I teach that love Marvel movies. And it makes my day because I'm like, that legacy is still getting passed on. You know, yep. able to start a Marvel podcast one day. And it all does come down to the music, right? It comes down to 
what it brings out in you. And there's certain things that people like, and I kind of want to tie into this one show that kind of had to grow on me. Star Wars related was clone wars and rebels love the music, you know, now, but that very first clone wars movie, if anyone remembers, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. guitar parts, very different. It was the first time we'd ever gotten star Wars besides droids and Ewoks and the Ewoks movies that were, you know, not strictly orchestral pieces. Right. And like, I'll never forget watching the, the, the all-terrain things walk across the top of the mountain. And it's like a guitar part over. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like, this is breaking my brain. But now people are very fond of that scene. Um, and of course, yeah, like Ahsoka's theme is iconic now in Rebels and in and, and Clone Wars. Like, it took a minute, y'all. It took mm-hmm. a minute. And I think the well, show... That's an interesting thing, talking about the animation. And like I said... Um, there was, I talk all the time about Clone Wars. I didn't watch Clone Wars initially. I came back to Clone Wars because of Rebels. It just didn't hit me at the right time, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the music in the animated shows, more in Rebels because Rebels, you know, they hit on some key, you know, Leia shows up, yeah. you know, you get some stuff. And um, that's cool. But at the same time, I didn't notice a lot of the music in the times that I watched Clone Wars until Clone Wars Season 7, they stepped up their game. Bad Batch, the music, stepped up its game. And all of a sudden, I caught myself like going and Googling the Kiner Brothers and going, I need to know more about these guys. I need to know what else have they done. Why have I not noticed this before? And I think part of that is just like all of us, they get better as they go along. And And I was looking for it probably more than I would have in the past. But yeah. those later seasons of Clone Wars, certainly in Bad Batch, like the music was clutch. I will agree with you in Kenobi, the Natalie mm-hmm. Holt score. It's cool, but it it's was cool. not it didn't stand out. Same for Book of Boba Fett. No. Um, yeah. And that wasn't yeah. her. But then Mando mm-hmm. becomes a different thing. And I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Too. God, um, I, w- I was going to bring in I was going to bring in Solo and yeah. Rogue One because yes. Giacchino maybe had the hardest you know, how hardest right. punched out to, uh, to pull through with because Giacchino had to do a new Star Wars movie with characters we weren't familiar with, but kind of implementing a song, you know what I mean? Like implementing a feeling that we never had to experience, a feeling of hope in all of these songs that he wrote. And like, I like Giacchino. I mean, he's done a ton. I mean, he's done an unreal amount of movies. He did the Batman. He's done Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Like right. he has gone on and done so many movies and he is i think considering you know i guess legacy he's the next john williams he may not be as iconic in terms of his themes but in terms of his success yes i agree um but all that being said john powell too which i think he made the more standout score with solo i was gonna say that was a bigger one for me because even as you're talking about giacchino and the rogue one Mm -hmm. score like honestly for me I don't know that I could put my finger on a Rogue One score moment. Yeah. Other than, and I don't even know if this is score as much as it is a sound sting, is that opening sting when the movie starts. And it's just that, like, again, yeah, just that yeah. strike, the note that hits. That's a terrible way to describe yep. it. But, you know, <laughs> I know, um, yeah, I know that that's something that is key. But the John Powell one, that solo God. score. Persistence memory is one of my favorite things to boot up when I want to get a little bit pumped about something. Literally that's a good. That's a good pump up track. 
mine mine is the marauders arrive uh-huh. i'm like there's a kid's choir like this is so yes. different for star wars and they show up i'm like this is crazy because it's kind mm-hmm. of prequely too you know it's kind of got these like like horns that move fast and um right yeah man that that solo score is insane or one of the best parts in solo is when he sees the falcon for the first time and they do yep. is it the main theme I to, i'm gonna pull it up i gotta i'm gonna or there's gonna be yeah, the first one we listen to be the first yeah. one we listen to here so it's called um solo a star wars story score and it's when he finds the falcon now i don't want to watch the scene because i don't want to get in trouble l3 That's and the right. millennium falcon this is it right here now for those watching at home live we may get booted off the internet again. Nick is really good at doing that to us, but this—I'm gonna be honest with y'all. This is the—I re- am the reason this is gonna happen this time. That's right. I, made I didn't this do it choice. this time. He didn't do. It. He was not. I, this is all me. So let's see. I'm gonna find that moment. It's such a good moment. Hold on. It's right. It's right here. Can you hear it, y'all? Yeah. God, so good. When they pair that that music with that scene, sobbing because he sees the yeah. Falcon for the first time, it means so much to us as viewers and to Han as a character. And I never thought I'd hear the Star Wars theme slowed down so much. Like mm-hmm. every note drags. God, that's a cool score, man. It's that's so a good. great and, score. And yes. Just, it, yeah. Like I said, it stood out. Um, yeah, Brian's right. Star Wars and the Falcon same all along. I love this. I think we, there you go. When I went to Galaxy's Edge for the first time, I had his score queued up to that moment <sighs> when Han sees the Falcon for when he saw the Falcon. Oh my God! Clutch. Man, I thought you were so clutch. dying. So good. Jesus. Yes, that soundtrack Oops. is one that's key. And I talk a lot about my oldest daughter Harper. She's my Star Wars kid. It's one, yeah. and she's one of those ones that like she can pick the music out. Like if I just turn on mm-hmm. something, she's like, oh. This is such and such. Like she knows the track. She knows the names because she's a kid and she's, you know, playing it over and over again, watching it, listening yeah. to it. And so especially the solo soundtrack, that's been a big one for her over these years of being a Star Wars fan and just keying into those tracks. And it's funny because like when you hear that, it could be John Williams. And obviously they use a John Williams theme in that moment to kind of right to kit to make that punch hit more. But like to have the balls to adapt it is one thing too. Like it takes guts to like, I'm going to adapt this in a different mm-hmm. way. And it's so well done. Yeah. It's that John. Powell it takes balls to say done. yes to doing music yeah. in a star war end of sentence. <laughs> like if you're not named John Williams and you get asked that question, if you say yes, you deserve, I mean, you've got onions, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know what? 
The next one I want to bring up is more of the one weirder ones. And I know we had talked about it beforehand and how, yeah. how would we go about bringing this in? But it was weird, right? I was at the celebration panel in 2019 when they premiered like the first like six minutes of the Mandalorian, not really the uh-huh. first, but like from when he meets the, um, the, when he meets Werner, Werner Herzog until he walks into, um, no, no, it was from when he walked into the, the bar room at the and beginning, he, right? Yeah, it was the bar and, and then the Vernon Herzog's. Yep, yep. So we saw all of that, and I don't remember the music. I don't even know if there was music had at that point that was like, it, it's music, and I don't know if they wanted to reveal it. I think it was all just noise at that point. But right. um, that evening, when Disney Plus came out, there were three big things. Wow, the Mandalorian is a badass, okay? Not what I expected to be. Grogu, what is this Baby Yoda thing? I have no idea. <laughs> and the music was like the talking points, right? And yeah. that this one, this one. instant for me, instantly it worked because I'm like, this is different. Same. This is unique. Now, as the season went on, I'm like, oh my god, this is so different, you know. Mm-hmm. And as the show has progressed since, it is drastically different. Even the Boba Fett show as well. But right. when you watch that, Nick, for that first time on Disney Plus, what was it, November 8th or something, uh-huh. November whatever, um, yep. what was that like for you? Because you you grew up in a different era. You know, you grew up in a different time. I say this about the music in The Mandalorian. The opening theme, I was on board from the beginning. There was something about yes. that opening theme that just hit. It still hits. And my favorite video to watch just on a random, you know, when I need a serotonin boost, when I need a whatever... <laughs> Is the one where he, where, um, what's his name? Um, Ludwig. Ludwig, Ludwig Gorenson, when he's mm-hmm. talking about how he did it and he breaks down all the parts and he pulls out the recorders and the drum and the guitar and the piano and he's playing it. And he's like, and then I decided, like, again, just like Light and Magic, that's the deconstruction that feeds my soul. That's that part of me that, oh, goes, yeah. Like, you know, I just ordered a bunch of weird recorders off Amazon because I have elementary school kids and they all bring home recorders every year from music class. And yep. I'm going, it's one of those, but it's like nine feet long. And he, this is the guy's job is to sit in a room and go, this could work for Star Wars. Let's try out a bunch of recorders from Amazon. Like, I'm here for it. So opening yep. theme, I was on board from the very beginning. I yep. will say that initially in the show, the overall score was kind of a nothing mm-hmm. burger for me at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the more I sat with it, sort of like the first time I saw the last Jedi versus the second, third and fourth times I saw the last Jedi. Exactly. It just grabbed me like the music in that show. I've been dancing around a rewatch of all of Mandalorian for several weeks now, and it's closer <laughs> than it is far away. But one yeah. of the things that gets me excited to do that is to pay more attention to the music throughout. Because, yeah. And again, it's one of the ones like um, the Game of Thrones theme, the West Wing theme. Like there are certain themes. I'm not skipping this. When that skip button pops up, you can fuck on off. Like I'm not doing that. I'm watching. <laughs> Stranger I'm Things. Watching Stranger Dude, Things. Katie, Same thing. He's like, can we skip the intro? I'm like, no, this sets nope, the tone for the whole. My kids, show. we're watching The Office right now. And if I push the skip button on The Office theme, they oh, go, you no. can't. They're like, it's you classic. Yeah, I'm over that. Simpsons too, but yeah, but Mandalorian theme—that's one of those ones that has to go. It's so good, and the more, like I said, the more I paid attention to it, the more the show went on. The soundtrack as a whole, the score as a whole, really did become something that I went. This is another thing that makes this show 
so great and is the best, and, in my opinion, of the Disney shows we've got so far. I was about to say it's it's like it's unstoppable in like terms of like iconic. There's Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Uh, don't listen Bear. to the beginning of the show. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so I want to play just a brief segment of obviously the main Mandalorian theme um, because it was it totally set the tone for everything. Yep. And uh, let me get it pulled up. And this is the one that had the build up to it. I just, even, I just love even when the credits roll. Dum-dum. Holy! I was just cow, about to say. It's so hard. As I was listening to this and getting excited just to hear it now. Yeah. You can't beat a build up. You can't beat a crescendo. You can't beat a moment when it hits and drops and you're just like, let's get like I could headbang to this. Like yeah, when it me hits too. And it's rolling like it's pump up music. It's when that dum 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 call. And as a musician, you're a musician, I'm a musician. I start listening to the bass line. Yep. It's the that drive, the driving drum behind it. Just and everything the about it. It's like as a musician and like you just spoke to. You can almost listen to the song and break it down because it like like he did in that video. It's a great video too, but like mm-hmm. like you can almost go, I could make that. And then right. I've done this before so <laughs> many times where I sit behind a keyboard. Like Katie goes and hangs out with some friends. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna write a song tonight, and I go to do it, and I'm like, not a chance. Point? There's you just, just no way. Like, what are There's these? Just no way. Foreign language. Like, listen, listen to this. It's so damn good. And dude, the fact that it has the orchestral aspect to it too, because an orchestra, orchestra could play this. Oh my god! And it's so the way it hits, like especially at the end of the show. Yes. You've got the credits rolling, and you've got the concept art. Like, talk yep. about a perfect coming together of stuff. It's perfect. And it, it, the part that sets me off too is this part right here. And then, oh, this is the part that makes me tear up. And then it soars, baby. Here it comes. It soars right here. Every time. Oh, Every time. I can't stop listening to this one. I'll be in the car and I'll just like, I gotta put it on. But you know what's funny? The part, there's a part in this song that actually makes me cry. And it's when like the lullaby part of it comes in because you know that's uh-huh. Grogu. Like, right. you know, it's about their journey. And without even right. addressing that it's Grogu, it's the, it's the, I'm gonna see if I can find it. Oh, it's that yeah. that calm. Mm-hmm. calm. Cause everything gets taken out at one point and it's just that. Yep. Well and I love that when he's got and he talks about it in the video, when he's got that guitar on there, 
He's got some yes. dirt on that guitar. He's got some, some distortion turned up. Yes. He's got an edge to it. It's not clean, full-on classical studio music. It's a different thing, and it just oh, yeah. works. But it's funny, too. It's like Favreau could have easily been like, nah. Yeah. Star like, Wars. We gotta truly. Use... Yeah. I mean, but this is how this is how Star Wars innovates, right? You know, and I it's something that you and I've talked about before. Like the prequels was the innovator for digital technology, and it's mm-hmm. evident now. And I'm sure ILM's, you know, light magic show gets into it. You know, the the A New Hope was, you know, absolutely instrumental in changing, you know, blockbuster films forever. And then you've got a show like The Mandalorian, which has changed TV forever. And this song is just like it's the perfect package. I mean, you got story technology and music it's like you truly couldn't get better and i mean that like truly like ludwig has a different tonal approach than john mm-hmm. williams and it's supposed right. to be that way it's supposed but to at be the that same way. but at the same time you can see those threads when you have things like the driving rhythm beats behind it that's yep. a big part of williams music williams has got a lot of strings Williams has got a lot of like more that airy, you know, again, flying for ET, um, Jurassic Park, but that man knows how to use some drums. You get, you know, a snare going in the Saving Private Ryan soundtrack, which of course is going to be indicative of military. You're going to get drums in the Indiana Jones stuff. Um, That, that, that to me is the tie in to where you get those threads and themes of, of John Williams in the Ludwig Gorenson stuff. And let's say this too about Ludwig Gorenson. He's no slouch because what else did he do? He did the music for Black Panther. Yeah. That and that was a Marvel movie that also stepped outside the box. It wasn't oh yeah, big hero themes. This is tribal music. This is something speaking yes. to the African culture. This is music, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, you know, you've got hip hop, you've got tribal music, you've got something that's not a traditional movie score. And it's, been, it's my favorite Marvel soundtrack is the Black Panther soundtrack. And then you have the other funny things like he did the music for the TV show New Girl. He did. Yes. He worked on the Childish so Gambino video. Like there's so many funny little crossovers, but then you find a thing and you hit it and you get to hammer away at like, this is something and that I'm keep good it. at. Yeah. It's precious, right? And like, it's so funny. This is one of the songs too that I, it. Community. It That's so another well good one. For me. Community. Oh, a fantastic yeah. score like with this one though and i'll never forget where, where i was when i watched the finale where luke showed up and saved uh-huh. Grogu. obviously that's that's not a spoiler in any way now at this point at least i hope i hope <laughs> not uh but when you when you listen to it i was like, fully expecting the force theme the entire time right. you know when he goes in the hallway and they didn't give us that and look i'm gonna be real with y'all to me, that didn't work in Kenobi because Kenobi has been Duel of the Fates. And, you know, it's him and Anakin's relationship. It's been Battle of the Heroes. But like the Force theme hasn't always just been Luke's theme. It's been used right. in a ton of Star Wars now. And you would think this would be the time they like totally just play it in our ears. Give us the Force theme right here. But when he obviously is going in the hallway tearing up those Dark Troopers, wasn't the case. Yep. Let's see. Yep. God, this is wild. Oh no, I'm sorry. This is when This is when Grogu and Luke Oh no no, this is it. Never mind. Yeah, this is it. Because it's an elevator door opens. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I, I agree, TW McKay. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, Hawkboy. Jerry's not here right now. That's Nick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Better luck next week. <laughs> He's just slicing and dicing. I think the elevator was was yep. was had open at this point. The coral too. And it's like beautiful. He's just like slicing down. <laughs> What's up? I saw you wanted to say something. I could tell. No, no, no. I was, I was listening. Okay. I was waiting for that beat to drop. Um, oh, the beat's incredible. But it also, it does make me think about this is that music and talking about driving the emotion of a show, of a movie, listening to this music. And I remember it too. Like you said, I remember where I was watching it the first time, watching that finale, watching Luke Show. That's that music that as it's going on, I find myself scooting closer to the edge of my seat because of the way it's building. And by the time yep. it hits, I'm like this and I'm hunkered down and I'm usually actually by this point, it's like football season and I'm standing up and I've got my That's arms it. crossed. I'm standing up with my arms crossed because I don't know where else to go. And oh. so it becomes, it, it drives you and it propels you. And I think that's the yes. power in music period. We sat out on the beach. Like I said, last, you said last week, last yep. weekend, you and I got to sit on the beach together. I was there it's for three days, four days with my family. And we listened to music the whole time. We listened to music at home all the, the time. time. And, Yep. All my kids wanted to listen to, and I'm so thankful for this, with two 14-year-olds, a 10-year-old, and a 6-year-old, we turned on the Amazon 80s rock channel, and we just put it on shuffle and let it roll. And so we're listening so to Guns N' Roses, we're listening to yeah. you know, all the stuff. Def Leppard. But there are those, cool. Yeah, but there's those moments when music drives you, and that's why we have music for pump up at sports and walk up at a bat. Mm -hmm. When you go up to bat, when you, you know, I went, I had to go, um, you know, this, I had to go test for a commercial driver's license today. I had to do the driving test and the, the whole like official test to get my yeah. CDL. And on my drive out there, I put on the Kenobi soundtrack and I put on that first oh. main Kenobi theme because I just wanted something. I mean, I knew I honestly, the driving part, I wasn't worried about. It was the inspection at the beginning, all the engine parts, all the different things, you know, it's so technical. You have to remember all this stuff. And I was just, I could get, feel myself getting in my head and I went, I just need to calm down. And so I put mm -hmm. on that, you know, Natalie Holt score, partially thinking about tonight's show, but also going, I just need something low key. I need something calm. I need something yep. to help calm that nerve. And music does that. But on the same token, that music can turn right around and get you jacked out of your mind to yeah. go crush whatever it is you're going to do. And sure. music like this, and like you said, in this score and with that Luke hallway scene, by the time it crescendoed, I was standing up. I was ready oh my for God. the rest of it. And then I couldn't sit down. It was unreal, right? And I yeah. want to speak to that too, Nick. One of my thing, one of the things I I used to do, and I've done it before recently. Whenever I have like a big like certification test I have to take as a teacher, um, yeah. the Praxis, which is not an uh -huh. easy test because it it requires you to memorize like pretty much all your content for that particular subject, and that's it. Like you you don't know if you'll get questions on it or whatnot. I will listen to Chair Brock by the Smashing Pumpkins and just like, doo -doo 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 -doo, you know, just like I have to get that energy out because I know before I had that moment, like when you 
took that test today. You know, yep. like you kind of have to find a way to focus that either jitters or or focus that 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 anxiety you get, right? And yeah. it's so funny. I we we've all been, you know, very lucky. We're both musically gifted. Some people don't have that ability, which is which is, right. you know, I would say I I I almost envy them in a weird way too cuz like sometimes you get so caught up in music, you could almost not even, you know, focus on whatever you're supposed to be focusing mm-hmm. on. So, this kind Let of Let me ask you this about point. music. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me ask you this about music no, no, no. and I want you to come back to that. As a musician and as somebody who grew up with Star Wars and certainly with the sequel, I mean the prequels, episode 1 music, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did the music of Star Wars have an influence on you becoming a musician? Well, this is really funny. My buddy Chase in eighth grade, and you may have met Chase at Celebration. I think yeah, it was a Sunday. So mm-hmm. you, yep. okay, so I call him Roach. Roach and I go way back. We were literally became best friends in fourth grade, and it's like been inseparable since. And uh, he, he asked me one time, and I'll never forget, he goes, if you could see Velvet Revolver or John Williams, who would you choose? And I was like, John Williams? And then yeah, literally, no so funny. Him and I had <laughs> seen Scott Weiland. We had seen Stimble Pimble Pilot. So, like, we right. already got that treatment. But here we are at Celebration, and Chase was coming the next two days after that. And we got a free John Williams concert. And <laughs> I would have never thought in my days I would get to experience that. And right. that was truly a bucket list moment. And Yes, I would say he influenced me, but it wasn't because I wanted to pick up a violin or a trumpet or a, a right. timpani. I, I, it was nothing like mm-hmm. that. It was just I caught myself as a kid humming. You know, like it's there. There's something to that or even, you know, something like um, like Duel of the Fates. I mean, not Duel of the Fates. OK, here we go. Battle of the Heroes. And then, you know, and I'll, and I'll say this it might be my hottest take. I think the Phantom Menace has the best of music because it was this man having to reinvent himself again. Right. And there's something to that. There's something when a when an artist and we'll get into that in just a moment, actually, mm-hmm. when an artist has to reinvent themselves. And Correct. I think Ludwig was one of those people like he never played with the recorder before. He had grown up playing yeah. it, but he never like professionally mm-hmm. played one. Most musicians stick to what they professionally play. And right. that's what they're comfortable with. You've got people like Prince who can do every instrument almost flawlessly, you right. know? And then you've got musicians like, um, I can see one of David Wise. He's he's mm-hmm. one of the ones that he primarily plays saxophone when he records music. But like, right. he can play drums. He understands theory. Mm-hmm. And there's other people like Danny Elfman, who is the guitarist and singer for Oingo Boingo. And right. he's still... And if you look, I, I don't have the thumb. Actually, I can upload the thumb right here. Um, he's an interesting cat, man. He's an right. interesting dude. Well, and, and when um, you talk about the multi-tool players, the people who, you know, for me as a musician, one of my heroes is Dave Grohl. And the first oh Foo God. Fighters album, Dave Grohl did everything. Like, the band was still being built. We're talking post-Nirvana, post-Kurt Cobain. Yep. He played the drums. He played the bass. He played the guitars. He sang. He put it together. And then when he was like, okay, this could go somewhere, he had to get somebody else in there so that he could go tour it and do the rest. And he ends up with Taylor. He ends up with, you know, everybody else. Um, And again, like, I I don't, I feel like I don't get starstruck. I feel like I'm not like crazy, you know, celebrity, whatever. I would give a lot to spend a day hanging out with Dave Grohl. Like he's truly, I think one of our great modern musicians, 
so talented. So, and even to not be a classical musician and it's not on my list and we'll talk about it later, but like, <laughs> I'd love for him to have input on some sort of like a show. Like if he got connected yeah. up in some, what, what would he do again? Use the Ludwig example. Ludwig did the music for new girl and community. Like, these are totally this isn't Mandalorian. It's not the same. No. Hey, who's that girl? It's Jess. Like it's a whole different thing. <laughs> but Nick. <laughs> but talking about exactly what you're saying, reinventing yourself, pushing yourself. I think you're exactly right. The key to John Williams, the last Star Wars he did was in 1983. Now, of course, he continued to do a bunch of other things. More sure. Indiana Jones. Last Crusade was 89. E. Jurassic Park yeah. was in the early 90s. E.T. Yeah. was E.T. was that was 84, 80, wasn't it? Was it? Eight, two, I was going to say 82, 84. So in that Google. similar zone. But as you continue to go forward, Saving Private Ryan was in the late 90s. Like he did that. Um, he continued to work. But when you come back to Star Wars, Star Wars music is not Saving Private Ryan music. Is not oh, Jurassic Park music. So you're right. He did have to not only find it again, but find mm -hmm. what does it sound like now? X well, like, number of years dude, before the original trilogy, but also 20 years later in real world. Like he's balancing exactly. a weird, there's a weird balancing act there. So it's funny. Uh, you're right. It was 82 for ET as okay. well, but like John Williams, even in 1983 or 82, I guess for, for, for return of the Jedi, he even got Joseph Williams to do a couple of songs like yub nub. That was all mm -hmm. Joseph Williams. And people right. forget yub nub because it had been erased from, you know, whatever you would say it has it's no longer a part of that cut of the movie that you would watch and like right. yub nub because i had the vhs growing up of that original vhs was my favorite song when it came on i couldn't believe it i'm like this is so wacky and zany and you know it, it's funny whenever you um you take someone like john williams and having to mm -hmm. reinvent themselves and then you take other people like i've got a, we got a huge list right here like trent yeah. Reznor from nine inch nails one of the weirdest yeah. ones he not only made, you know, like closer by nine inches, one of the creepiest, like, like just an eerie yep. driving song, but he also did the music for Pixar's soul. Like that's oh, just like a, ja mm -hmm. a jazz, like a jazz, like album, essentially. Like, right. It's just straight. Like you have to, as a person, as a creative person, as a podcaster, there is nothing wrong with reinventing what and how you want to approach something. Nothing wrong sure. with it at all. Not at all. And I think it's very important to do that. And Star Wars has began to do that. It's not quite there. It's not quite there. But it has began. That's, that is amazing. <laughs> yep. That's right. And like, it's funny, you know, you, you take a, you take a show like the Mandalorian and it just completely blew all my preconceived notions of what Star Wars music could sound like. And we have a list. We have a list. Mm -hmm. Um, now, mm -hmm. I don't know if you mind, Nick, because I don't yeah. know exactly know who is on your list. I want to give mine, then you can give one of Go yours. For it. And we're not going to do honestly, this. Honestly. Go ahead. I, I was say, we could do this. I was going to pull up a song for a couple of people, you know, sure. for, for, you know, for like David Wise is one of my favorite video game composers of all time. And for those that don't know. I, I have Wise a couple is, deck as well. So you do your thing, then we'll do my thing. Okay, and because perfect. I saw your list ahead of time. What I have on mine, like, I don't disagree with some of yours, but I have, yeah. I think all the ones I have are none of the ones that are on your list, I'm pretty sure. So we've got oh, a good okay, works to, out. Yeah, to hit it out. So hit and yours, some, and we'll hit mine after. There's some predictable ones. Um, I'll give you one of my favorite ones. David Wise. Okay, for those that do not know, David Wise did all the music 
for Donkey Kong Country series. All of those. He did the music for Battletoads. He did the music for some of the Star Fox games. And he did uh, I did a bunch of music for the Rare games, which are the games that yes. was made by the company Rare in the 90s. And obviously, Nick grew up with the Super Nintendo era of sound, right? And oh, yes. I think a lot of us can attest to the music on the Sega Genesis was fine. It was It was pretty good. But like when Nintendo had put their hands on a project, uh, if it, the guy that makes all the Mario music or David wise, like this David wise dude. Okay. For those that haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to deep dive the Donkey Kong country music, maybe the most ambient and most, I don't know. I, I'm a, so attached to this music for some reason. I played it at the beach on my family beach trip. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> this is not a joke, but people were mad about it. It, it works. So, you can hear the opening fanfare. Then I'll go to one of the more atmospheric songs. But okay. like, it's, I think, in terms of Star Wars, I think he could do something with it. I'll tell you my reasons why. Does this bring back memories, Nick? I mean. Here's the drums. Best. It. Troy's chiming in. Right, every day it's a beat. That's right. <laughs> God, listen to that. Oh yeah. <laughs> but listen to the syncopation, how it flows, and then there's a drop, which is so good. It's gonna come up in a second. That's just one example. But there's something to that, right? There's mm-hmm. something different. Sure. There's something very peculiar. And there's one song that I think most people kind of leave remembering. And like a lot of it does have to do with the atmosphere. A lot of it has to do with, you know, what you maybe grew up with nostalgic wise. And and there may be a couple of people in here that are like, well, that would never work for Star Wars, which right. is fair. But, like, picture an Ewok running through the forest and hearing that Mm -hmm. song. You'd be like, that's freaking cool, right? You know? It doesn't have to be the exact melody. It doesn't have to be the exact, you know, structure or rhythm. But you can can hear that and you can let your brain wander on the ideas and the possibilities that that could be a Star Wars song, you know? That... Like, like we said earlier, that preconceived notion of what Star Wars music can be has been lifted. It's been changed. And this next song right here is one of the most ambient songs I used to play it in college to go to sleep to. Okay. And it was, okay. I would just listen to this song and I mean it. Mm-hmm. And I remember this is the water level when you're riding the little doll, the little, um, the, uh, what's it called? The, um, swordfish. Yeah. There's something to this. Now, I won't play much more of it, but to me personally, you know, and it might be my attachment to the song, 
But when Sorry. you hear something like that, like that, Nick, what what kind of comes to mind for you? You've played the game, you know. But like, yeah, for yeah, you yeah. personally, where could that fit in a Star Wars? I think that's Camino. Like, I picture Camino. I picture kind of like a swampy, scary area. You know, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a different one at you. I could, and of course, we don't know anything about this show yet. We don't know other than the basic premise. Um, yeah, Skeleton Crew. It's about kids on an adventure. It's it's moving. I mean, moving forward. It's you know, it's yeah. mu- music that drives you on. It's got a yeah. beat that it it belies adventure. It belies yes, you know, this I idea do. of forward progress. Um, mm-hmm. So I would plug it into something like Skeleton Crew, where you've got yeah. lucky young kids, Goonies style, like yep. you know, it's adventurous. It's jungle. It's desert. It's whatever it is. Um, I think that could totally work in something like that, given the very limited knowledge that we have of what that show is. Sure. Be. But it's funny too. And I'll bring in one other, one other composer just into this and not yeah. really dive on them. Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein are the two pair that have made all the music for stranger things. And okay. like, you know, skeleton crew, I think is promised to be like stranger things in space. Like right. I think, and I think that's I think it even had with it. I think that press release we initially got said or at celebration when they talked about it and they yeah. announced it at the live action panel. I think they said it's a Goonies, it's a Star Wars version of Goonies. It's a yeah, you know, not necessarily things. Goonies, <laughs> but yeah, which is also yeah. Stranger Things. It's kids, it's you a know, young kids adventure. Exactly. But that's what but the show itself works on so many levels, Stranger Things. But to me, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Jerry, and you, I think, had listened to some point of it. The yeah. music of that show is perfect. Like, it's it really atmospheric. Is. It's eerie. But sometimes it's really playful and full of heart. And, like, you know, not many people have had the opportunity to really dive into synthetic compositions like that. Because mm-hmm. it's all synth. I mean, there's barely right. an orchestra ever in Stranger Things. And, you know, I, it works so well for me on a deep level that if I had to hear that in a Star Wars, I think hearing a synth entire soundtrack could work. Like for sure, it's not impossible. Well, and it it plays. And again, you have to. Shows and movies are going to be different things. Yeah, I think in shows, you have the opportunity. It, like Mandalorian, I love what they do in Mandalorian with the directors. They change it up. You've got Rick Famuyiwa. Oh, yeah. You've got Bryce Dallas Howard. You've got. Um, Boba Fett. Um, oh, Deborah Chow. Oh no, um, well, I know De- you talk about. Uh, but Robert yeah, Deborah Chow. Yeah, Robert yeah. Rodriguez. Like you've got all the, the change it up. You have the ability in a show like Mandalorian, and I haven't gone back to look at everything besides mm-hmm. Ludwig. But like, I think about the prisoner ship episode in season one. Oh, so so, one of my favorite episodes in season one because yeah. of how much it changed it up. I think that's Rick Famuyiwa that did that one. Yep, it is. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. That red lighting when the lights go down and it has that horror esque huh. vibe and it's like Mando pops out here, pops back in the hallway, and then he uh-huh. three spaces up right here. Like the yep. jump. That's where I feel that techno vibe. That's where I feel that synth vibe. Where I feel that like it's building the tension. You can mm-hmm. build tension with a violin. You can build tension with a French horn or yeah, a, some a, a tuba, something deep, something scary. You yeah. can build hell attention with a synth. You can build hell attention yes. with something else. And I think that feeds into storytelling. And it's almost like, what if going forward in a post-John Williams era, the storytelling dictates who the musician is 
oh, as good. opposed to just plugging somebody in. What's the vibe yeah. we want this episode or this movie to give? High Republic? High Republic's a different thing. And I have an idea for High Republic, and we'll get to it with some of mine. Um, but yeah, I think that something like a synth vibe, an artificial music vibe, if you will, yeah. fits the scarier version of that, fits the lighter of version of that. I, I think there's a lot of play in there. I agree. And you know what's funny? Imagine this, because you, you made my brain go here. If instead of they change directors, they change composers for each you right. know, episode of mm -hmm. a show. I mean, that'd be freaking cool, right? I mean, that would be, be how you would, it would be amazing because you can see different people's perspectives. So that one, I want to lead on to this. What, what is one of your choices? What is one of the ones you, you consider? Right. Because we have different tastes musically. Everyone does. Oh, for sure. But um, you're going to sure. hear one of yours. Okay. Um, this is, <clears throat> this isn't the wildest one. This is a pretty, this is my High Republic choice. If you were going to okay. do, whether it be Acolyte, we'll use Acolyte as an example. We know that's coming. Yeah. That's a show. It's set, what, 100 years before the prequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, end of the High Republic era, that kind of thing. For me, and let me get it, let me get a little share going on. Not that you're not going to know this music, but um, <laughs> it just helps. Yes, Brian. That's what we're doing To right answer now. this. It is, yes, Brian. They were all different. Oh, Yes. Raman Jawadi did the Game of Thrones music. And I believe that in this, and I've kind of got it, I think, queued up somehow. We're talking about that plotting, high, noble. That's what the High Republic is supposed to be, right? It's the peak of yeah. the Jedi, but with the undertone of a downfall. The undertone of the end is coming. And you get that in the Game of Thrones soundtrack. You get that. Oh, when, yeah. You know, if we come back, you know, we're. It hits that peak. And then I love when that credits hit and that uh, harpsichord plays. Like to me, uh -huh. that's a great. <clears throat> that's a huge one for me. So oh, it's one beautiful. of my first other choices, Raman Jawadi. And he's also done, he did the music for Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He also did the music for Eternals, which is more recent and is more Marvel. Yeah. I have yeah. strong, not popular feelings about Eternals. Same. As in, I watched 30 <laughs> minutes of it and I still haven't watched the rest. But he also <laughs> covers a variety of genres. He covers sure. a variety of things. Game of Thrones is not Iron Man. Iron Man is not no. the Eternals. Even to be in the same universe, those are very broad and different things. So I think Raman Jawadi definitely has a spot in God. the opportunity to do a, a Star Wars something at some point. See, that would be a big one I, for me. I love that perspective because I wouldn't even because I watched Game of Thrones, yes, but I didn't I you know, I watched the first couple of seasons and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I dig it. Mm -hmm. But like part of me, you know, I almost forget you can consider someone like that. And would they do it? Yes. I think most people, if they were offered a Star Wars, if they right. are comfortable enough with writing in that in that genre, and if they know how different the music can be now, they would. And that's that's a damn good choice. That is a great so, choice. Yeah, that's my first one. What do you have now? What else? So I got a couple. I can speed through a few of them. Danny Elfman, right. I mentioned earlier, Oingo Boingo. Yep. He has a way of like channeling that choral aspect like like the uh, spot let me look it up the spider-man um spider-man theme but not like the you know the the goofy one you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like this one hold on i gotta pull it up right here 
See if he can play. It's very long. Let me get to the good parts. I love that chorus in the back. So, so as we're listening to this and as we're thinking about it, I kind of said it before and we talked about it, like when you talked about synth and that kind of thing, as we go forward with our other choices, because I've got a few more clips to play. I know you've got some others to play and I love that we're in this. Let's look at it this way, because the three main things that we have for Star Wars is we have animation, we have series and we have movies. Oh, yeah. So yeah. as you put up your choice, let's kind of talk about where does it oh. fit. I said, I said ramen fits High uh, Republic. And I guess we could do yeah. era too, because High Republic, yeah. um, I mean, Acolyte is a series. So either or, we can do era yeah. or, you know, series, movie, animation, because there are some distinctions there. Something that's a little more experimental tends to fit mm-hmm. with the series, just because over the course of nine, we're really 11 movies, We've gotten big score, big orchestra, maybe Rogue One yeah. being the exception to that. Um, so at, just as we go forward, and that hit me because I'm looking at some of my choices and so, trying to plug them in. No, that's brilliant because we're living in an era now where that's hard to discern, right? Where mm-hmm. film and TV are almost like like the Stranger Things most recent season. Like they could have played all that in the theater, would have sat through all 15 hours of it. You know, like right. like the, it's it's almost impossible. So if you do find a way to cater the sound or the tones of the music Mm -hmm. to a show or even to a, you know, even to a series, it could be movies. Like you said, it's brilliant. Like even if the chat, like tell us what you think, because like, like the Spider-Man theme, it seems more thematic. It seems more of a movie feeling. And like one of my favorite ones, I'm going to choose real quick just to get through it is Alvin Silvestri. I'm sorry, Alan Uh Silvestri who did the back to the field. I mean, he did he's done he's so done much so stuff. much i yeah. can look up just just what he's done he did the avengers theme like he is a god you know right and like so much there he he did uh, i think he did Endgame and infinity war if i'm not mistaken but i remember him most from back to the future and like you you watch a movie like back to the future and yes it's 80s yes it can be kind of cheesy in moments but this score is freaking iconic like it's unbelievable. Let me play it real quick for y'all. And this is a movie to me. This is this is a simple DeLorean reveal. Where's the theme at? Maybe there is no theme on here. There it is. Yeah. Again, if we come back to the core of my childhood, back God. in the future, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. it's powerful it's exciting it you know and and it that's got those beat drop moments it's got the yeah like which was a different it's a tool it's an emotional tool oh yeah in shows to get music to get a drop to get or whatever but i'm so glad you said back to the future because that's definitely one 
that's at the top of my list. And see, just, and that's that's more of a movie feel. That's even more of a new hope feel. That's a, that's in that era. That's an OT mm-hmm. song because there's for sure. there's something way more like we just came out of a we just problem solved and we're 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 you know, the empire's over us. Just like what Marty was going through. His his right. life was hell. And, you know, he went back to the future by accident. I mean, he went back to the past, but he had to get back to the future and he was altering. It was just that movie's a moment. I could talk about the movie yeah. forever. But the Absolutely. reason I bring it up uh, is because it can, is. Can we do a bombad stream at some point this back oh, to the future and let me come on? I would love that because we did. We did, of course, um, Ghostbusters. We've done Ghostbusters. We've done James Bond. Yeah. So, James Bond, that's right. Back, back to I the future. Do, God, I would do Back to the Future in a heartbeat. I, I would like to um, formally request being a part of that. <laughs> All right, well, so let me do I this. You know. Let me jump to one of mine. <laughs> sure. Because with the Spider-Man that you talked about, and who was that again? Was that Danny Elfman? That was Danny Elfman's Spider-Man, yeah. Okay, so with that, you talked about the vocalization. Mm-hmm. And that's a key thing. That's something that's important as we look at some of these music, some of this music, obviously with John Williams, and with the Phantom Menace, Duel of Fates, yeah. vocalization, th- that choir, that that's key. That celebration oh moment, God. honestly, was right behind the John Williams moment for me, just because <laughs> indie. Ver- and again, that's an age era thing. Yours and mine were close, but swapped just ever so slightly. Yeah. So one of the choices that I came up with, and I threw in here. Let me hit the um, the share. It's going to spoil because it's going to pop up on the screen right away. That's no, all good. Um, but John Debney, and I don't know if you know who John okay. Debney is. John Debney did the newer Jungle Book. He did oh. Iron Man 2. But what he also did, and this is where it tied in for me, and not because it was a big deal for the movie, he did the Passion of the Christ soundtrack. Oh, and In the Passion no of the Christ way. soundtrack, which got a lot of attention when this movie came yeah. out, there's also a good bit of vocalization. I don't know if it's in the part that I'm going to play, but as we play this and you listen for a minute, you hear that kind of out there element that's not necessary. You know, it's, it's tribal because yeah. you think about where we were in the Passion of the Christ. Yeah. In that movie, in that period of time, culture, whatever, this is a Middle Eastern sound. I love it. But you can see this driving something adventurous you can see this driving go ahead the closest we've gotten to this is whenever din is with the the tuscans and and um yes chapter nine of the like it's that same feel i was gonna say this has a book of boba fett feel this has a desert not not to draw too stereotype of a parallel no but this has a heroic desert feel to it when you listen to this kind of music um so that was kind of an out of the box choice that I thought fit in a unique way. And he does use vocalization in the soundtrack. I couldn't find the one that I thought I was looking for in the moment. Yeah. But again, that's another key um, element and idea when you start to change it up, when you get outside the box of just a John Williams orchestral score, what else can we do? Where can we mix in that guitar line? Where can we mix in, you know, a djembe? Where can we mix in, you know, a, you know, whatever, a recorder? We've talked about a it A female vocalist. A female, a female like, vocalist. Like, a a so solo you, female vocalist, not a choir. Yeah. You saw Dune when it came out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
how incredible was it when that woman would like did that did that thing yeah like that yeah. was like what that was like the theme mm-hmm. of that movie for them not really right. but like for some parts of it yeah and and you know han zimmer was on my list as well i took him off but he's he's one of those ones <laughs> i don't know if he's on your list as well he but is like, and i thought about things like one of the big ones with him of course he's done a million things but one of the ones that stands out and that i hear sometimes just in normal everyday life playing in my head is yeah. the jack sparrow theme like that's one of those ones that sticks with you that's a God. hero theme that's a heroic theme, oh yeah another thing again basically what we're doing is we're saying john williams is on the left side everybody <laughs> on the right side yes wh- what thing do this does this person on the right side do that john williams does all these things yes john williams yes. does hero themes Hans mm-hmm. zimmer does a good hero theme Oh um, yeah, you know Jack Sparrow is a great one. Gladiator, he did the music. God, for Gladiator. Gladiator. He did the Jesus. music for Inception, which is another. But it's funny that the fantastic movie, and he did the Batman yeah. trilogy as well. You know, and mm-hmm. he's done most of. Um, he did Tenet, I believe. No, no, no. Ludwig did Tenet, but it sounds like Hans Zimmer, which is pretty weird too. Um, one thing I wanted to say too about about just being and having to deal with, you know someone on the different side and you're having to approach it from a different perspective as well. You've got that middle ground, the thing that makes it a middle ground. I think that makes it, um, I guess you could say when someone's attempting to do a John Williams and there've been a lot of those. And I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily a bad thing to do that. Um, but it's hard to do. And I don't know if Nick's here. I think Nick might've froze. Maybe I froze. I don't know what. I don't, is that me? He said. I think so. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Nick left. <laughs> That's okay though. Um, let me know if I froze as well. If anyone's watching, I'm out of focus. Okay. So, um, yeah. No, it's funny. Another big one, and I'll pull up a theme by this person, and I can even do this part solo. I know. I know. This theme. Truly, it was in the same area era as the prequels. It has the same exact feeling um, in terms of its triumphant, you know, approach. Um, thank you, everyone. Dope. Those Gremlins did come back. They got Nick. They got Nick. And thank you, uh, Troy. I appreciate it. And thank you, William. Um, this theme, Troy and Jaro and I talk about this frequently. And I'll play it for you all real quick. It's the one that... uh that literally sets me off in every way. The Howard Shore Lord of the Rings. This may be the only other trilogy that I would say is better than Star Wars. And that's crazy. But listen to this. And this is honestly a theme I wasn't even thinking of. I was looking for the, um, for the, um, let's see. 
It's the, is it May It Be? No, 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 it's not May It Be. I don't know. Just the Lord of the Rings score within itself is absolutely unreal. And, you know, obviously a lot of composition goes into making that. And I know it's not something that they just do all willy nilly thinking it's an easy thing to do. But like, there's a lot of deal that a lot of, um, I guess, work that goes into actually pulling off something in the Shire is the perfect of example of like hitting that aesthetic. Like, listen to this. Perfect song. The Shire music will destroy me. Hey, Nick. The, oh. the Shire music will destroy me. Howard Shore is that where we are um Howard Shore man and I know he's done more than Lord of the Rings and I said this when you Mm -hmm. left air um I would say the Lord of the Rings music for me personally because I grew up watching these movies are as comparable to Star Wars now can I hum all the the melodies for it no but when I watch those movies that music evokes I mean just like the strongest sense of emotion like whenever um whenever uh um, Gandalf dies like that is like right. freaking brutal and of course mm-hmm. there's other big deaths and big moments in those movies but like it's hard I mean it's hard to achieve that and uh, oh there we go hey Daddy. say goodnight All right. we're going to bed soon your dad will be joining you in just <laughs> two seconds read you a book guarantee <laughs> yeah. yeah we're good no um, no but yeah that Howard yeah, well, the and- shit <laughs> Howard Shore is fantastic and Brian's right yeah. David Collins does such a good exploration of soundtracks oh. themes constructions that soundtrack show perfect yeah the it's best so show good. Ever. I'm envious of all the knowledge all the everything God, on that show. So damn smart this is my challenge with um the Lord of the Rings and yeah I know I've said this before this is my hot take here we go it's not it's not my bag baby I don't care. That's fine. I've tried, I, I've tried so many times to watch those movies. Yeah. I get bored. And that and it's not fantasy. I like Game of Thrones. I like other Yeah. It for some reason Lord of the Rings doesn't get it for me. So like that how music from that doesn't register. Not that your choice is invalid, yeah. but just I want to be able to relate to it and I'm going I don't know because I don't know that music. See, and I'll play just another snippet of it. This, and not the Shire's music in particular, but this to me would would bring out a, like, this is the start of the Jedi kind of music to me. Right. Where it's like kind of slow moving. It's beautiful. It's well done. It's full of heart. It doesn't necessarily have like a, you know, a super triumphant feel, but it's still part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I love I love Howard Shore. I love this movies and yeah. And uh, oh look, who's in the chat? Hey oh, hi sweetheart. Hey, to, it's my favorite glad, Katie. <laughs> the the best Katie, if you will. The uh, look, there's Troy. Superior the, Katie. That's right. But um, what was one of your other uh, choices? Because I know. All right. Let me do this. Um, I've got another one. Let me get a share going on here. Um, this is another, and this is an easy. I say easy. It's a pretty straightforward composer. When we talk about music, we talk about movies. 
James Horner. Ooh. James Horner did away. Titanic. He did. Yes, he did Titanic. Yes. yes. He and he's recently passed away, I think. Um, I don't remember yeah, the timeline. And and that was the thing. I got hung up on a couple of people because like Vangelis, who did Blade Runner, who oh, did Blade Runner. Of Fire. That Vangelis, like, he could have done something that would have been crazy in a Star Wars in a different oh, way. Yeah. Um, James Horner, I think we did lose James Horner not that long ago. But yeah. like something like the he did Titanic, he did Braveheart, he did Avatar. Yes. Um, and then my example that I pulled up was um, Argo. And if anybody's familiar yeah. with the movie Ar Argo, again, this has that Boba Fett adventure vibe, experimental a little bit. Trying to get to where here we go. We get some kind of the peak of it. You're getting that different instrumentalization. You're getting dude. I picture Andor. Yeah, that's I picture. Again, that's actually that's a great example because I see this as following an individual. You're following Cassie and weaving through something on his way to something the same way in the Argo movie. You've got Ben Affleck. You've got this group of people trying to get these people out of the embassy. And the tension builds as you're weaving your way through the busy city street. This is definitely an Andor vibe. And I think that's the exact oh, yeah. perfect description of that. So James Horner no longer producing, but his vibe fits something like what we're talking about, in my opinion. God, so sick. And, you know, my cousin in the chat... Because I don't, you know, um, Troy has a good taste in music, and that that was a great choice, Nick. I don't mean to blush over that at all. That was no, a no, damn no, good, good choice. Because because I'm a, I'm eager for Andor. Look, part of the things I like is give me the story, give me the visuals, and of course, what is this music? Is it gonna be you know triumphant? Because that that doesn't sound like a Star Wars to me yet. Right. It could, you yeah. know, that Argo song. It could, mm -hmm. you know, and and I want to bring up this right here. It's a uh, he said a band called 65 Days of Static. And I'm going to pull up their biggest song. And there's a game called No Ways, uh, No Man's Sky, which I've played before. It's a great game. Mm -hmm. It's like a continuous game. It doesn't end. Right. But um, this is the song he selected or he, he kind of brought in. And I just, the first one I saw in here with a lot of views. Let's see. It's called Radio Protector. I like it. This has had this is a a visions feel. Remember when visions came out? How weird the music uh -huh. was for that show. Yep. I'm gonna go a little bit further on this one. Oh, it seemed like it froze. Am I gonna die now? Like Nick died. <laughs> oh, it's got a more of a rock. And you know what's funny? Foo Fighters kind of drums, like you said earlier. Right. Yep. That that's what a that was a little bit to beat. me. A driving drum beat. Yeah, man. That's well. Here, here's something interesting too, because we're talking about Andor with that Argo bit with yeah. um, what Troy was talking about. I pulled up real quick on IMDb to see if we have listed. We do have listed who's doing the music for Andor. Oh um, yeah, and it is somebody named Nicholas Brittell. 
I don't know if you want to okay. hit a YouTube and see if there's something that you sure, see. Of course. Um, he did winning time, which is the Laker uh, B R I T. Oh, where'd it go? B R I T C L L. Yep. Um, he did the movie Moonlight, which, which was a big deal movie a couple years ago. He did the movie oh, yeah. Succession, the movie Big Short, um, the movie of Bill Street Could Talk. I'm just looking at IMDb oh, now. Wow. Cruella, the Disney movie Cruella. Um, he's done some stuff. Oh he's done some interesting things, and there's a little bit of range okay. there. So that's who's listed for Andor at this point. So I don't have a reference point for his music and what he's done. Um, but it's one of those ones that, what do we got here? This is the Nicholas Patel, the middle of the world moonlight soundtrack official video. Okay. Okay. Let's see. I don't want to get taken down. So I'm going to pull up the comments. <laughs> now I'd never heard this song before. I haven't seen moonlight before. Yeah. Same. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I think it had Oscar buzz back in the day. Maybe even one song. Some violins, cello, yeah. Seems kind of a uh, like French almost in the sense of like it's a different approach. Very dramatic. Interesting. I like it. Um, I'm trying I'm to figure out. I'm going to the trailer fits. now, too. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where that fits because if I'm playing word association, yeah. the first thing that popped up in my head was where does this fit in, an, in the Ahsoka series? Whoa. Where does this fit with a Thrawn reveal, maybe? You know what's series, funny? Something like I can that. only I can only see Thrawn being classical. Like I mean that. Right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Very articulate. Like almost a. And this is the thing with Thrawn. It's control within chaos because Thrawn's yep. whole thing is control. It's art. Yep. It's studying. It's all that kind of stuff, mixed with what if there's a little bit of chaos in there? What if there's? I like oh, what Troy said it. here. A very elegant lightsaber duel. Something Ooh. that's higher class, not as raw energy, more yeah. refined. God, more samurai too. So this is this is okay. This is Andor um, right here, and obviously great trailer. We got to see this live too, Nick. Yes, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we had a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I think we we did well. This is a cool bit. Is there any music in this? Let's see. Oh, some yeah. Eastern kind of throat singing. Ooh, very Dune. Yeah, some... Now, obviously, this is some tribal... Sure. So this is some trailer music, trailer music, so it may not exactly yeah. be the same. Right. And it's subdued, but it's also Yeah. It's powerful in its own yeah. in its so simplicity. Themselves. So fat and satisfied. I can't wait for this show. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh. They're watching me now. 
barely a month away. Y'all can hear the drums so too. Y'all can hear the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so it's it, so it good. fits with. Honestly, I can see it translating as a different version just of that one Brittel track yep. you played. I can see how yep. there's a translation there. God. Man, that was oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Um, that was a good choice That because you mentioned Argo and everything. Um, yeah. Did you want to give one? Did you want me to give one? Because I've got a couple Go ahead more. and do one. I think I've got one. Now, hold on. I played that Argo clip, but who did I say that was? I said that was James uh, Horner, and I was wrong. Yes, it was. Uh, okay. Oh, it wasn't James Horner? Correction. No, it wasn't James Horner. James Horner was Titanic, Braveheart, Avatar. The Argo clip was Alexander Desplat. And Alexander Desplat oh, yeah. was the one who was supposed to do Solo, if I'm not yes. mistaken. And got yes. replaced at the last minute. And Powell did it with like a month ahead of you know time to go. Yeah. So Alexander Desplat did the King's Speech did the movie The Queen, did that uh-huh. Argo bit. Um, he may not be on the best terms with Star Wars right now if he bailed or for whatever reason he w- sure. didn't end up doing the solo soundtrack. Um, but I had that wrong earlier. I just read it wrong off my paper. So that was what that was. But yeah, do another one of yours. And then I have a sentimental favorite, which is not uh, you know, necessarily this realistic. Is mine. This is my, well, I wouldn't say, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. The one group of people that I've always wanted to hear more music from, and trust me, I know they they haven't released a new album since 2013, was Daft Punk. And I don't know how much you've ever gotten into them. I don't know if you like French house music. I don't know. And I knew you were growing up when Discovery was probably big in college with like, one more time. Like all that stuff was probably Mm -hmm. kind of a huge part of your party, you know, maybe life. I don't know. But I bring up Daft Punk because they did the score for Tron Legacy. Now, I yes, don't know did. if you've seen Tron Legacy. That movie's sick. And people had a lot of hot takes when it came out. And I understand. But needless to say, the music for this movie is unreal. It's like yeah. orchestral meets synthetic. And it's the perfect blend. I mean, it really is. And, of course, there have been remixes of it that are really good. And I recently acquired this on vinyl and I listened to the whole thing. It's a long soundtrack. But, like, just, like, their approach... Mm-hmm. it's just it's a french taste right mm-hmm. oh I, I need to add one more too as well after this That's damn right. it You're we're good. gonna keep we're gonna keep no. going nick I, I have no problems <laughs> with that i am i am here for it well you got tomorrow night say. show i can't i can't stop you from doing tomorrow night we, show too we have plenty of time i'm a night owl my friend i am thriving right now but it's funny with a band like daft punk and and you know They've been known to make dance music, but you know, a driving beat, like you've been saying, is part yep. of the vibe, and that is truly to its deepest core part of the approach. And apparently, Daft Punk had been in the works for doing the Tron 3 soundtrack, which I don't even know if Tron 3 is coming out anymore. So, like, I don't know, I have a huge place, they're a huge place in my heart for Absolutely. as growing up, but like, they've got songs like on their most ran- random access memories that are just unique sounding songs and like not mm-hmm. really them and they reinvented themselves and I, I think they have this chance to be able to make music that's super that's super driving like um thomas uh Bonglotter is the is like the main guy he's the, got the silver helmet and uh he did a score for a french movie god i forget the name of it but the song is unbelievable i mean nick it is like 
all, all you want to do is move to it, but it's so fast and it's so ridiculous. Um, at least I can find it real quick. Um, but here's oh, the challenge, Scotty. Here we go. Daft Punk broke up in January of this year. <laughs> I know, I know, but you never. The, so the thing is, the idea of them like getting back together—that is ridiculous. I can agree. No, with I that. get it. But I mean, but in terms of like creating music and having a back catalog, it's not impossible. It's not. So I think Nick died again. Maybe not. Oh no, he's back. He's back. No, I thought wait, he died for a second. Okay. So Whew. this one M eighteen. I don't know if y'all can hear it. Oh, yeah. I got you. Unbelievably driving. I can see this in a chase scene. But also, Ludwig did something like this when the damn Death Troopers showed up. Dark Troopers. Yes. It was like dubstep. Yes, the Dark Troopers. This is very Dark Trooper. There's a really crazy drum fill here. Now, would I want that in a Star Wars? I don't know. If we got it, that'd be pretty freaking sick. I'm not going to lie. I'll say this right off the bat. With something like that, I lean more Imperial than I do Rebel. Yes. Yes. It has a structure to it, even if it is upbeat, if it's, you know, higher BPM, that kind of thing. Like with what Ludwig did with the um, Dark Troopers. It yes. fits that vibe. It hits a different way, but to me, it hits more imperial, an imperial yep. montage of some sort, an imperial, you know, this is what's going on around the galaxy as yeah. the imperials do X, Y, and Z, like blah, 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 because blah, it's blah, blah. it's fast and it's in your face. Yes. Where if you're normal citizenry dealing with the empire coming at you, that's what it feels like. It feels high pressure oh, and fast yeah. and how you have to deal with it. Mod parlor. I love There's that. There's a great point. That, Mod parlor from Book yeah. of Boba Fett. Who would have ever thought we would have got weird electric bass music, you know, in Book yeah. of Boba Fett. And that was literally played by um, Thundercat. It was an incredible bass. But yeah. yeah, but it's just weird, right? Like you can pull it off when you have the right scene. Like you said, Imperial, it could be a pirate scene. That, when I hear that song, that's what comes to mind. Kind of a pirate, you know, like, chase scene or you know mm-hmm. something going wrong in a ship and you don't know what the hell to do you know like i don't know i am wholly uh, unfamiliar with the high republic but okay. i know that you but you, but i but i know and maybe willingly so at this point um yeah <laughs> but i also know that you have the nihil and maybe yes. that's what the nihil yes. soundtrack is it's no it's funny aggressive double time that kind of thing you're so right because in Light of the Jedi, which I've listened to and heard, they listen to metal music and it's like a thrash. They call it thrash something. I don't remember. One of right. Connor or Michael or Jerry could correct me, but like they have a music and it's a lot like that in the audiobook. So you are okay. pretty damn spot on yeah. with that one. Right. What was your what was your point? What was your like pipeline? Like what was the one? Okay, that here's were, my like, sentimental I, pick. This is my emotional, sentimental pick. Um, I have said for a million years, it is still the case. It will not change anytime soon. Go. Um, my favorite TV show of all time is The West Wing. And this music is by W.G. Snuffy Walden. The main theme from The West Wing, it's another Crazy. non-skip. It oh, is- yeah. And this is movie stuff. This is high traditional classic movie. 
I can tell you what I picture. I can tell you what I picture. Tell me. I picture Coruscant, like upper class political drama. Obviously, I know West Wing is that. But yeah, like, yeah. It it it's hard to separate what it is from what it could be applied to. You know, it really is. Right. Well, and that makes a lot of sense, and it fits with that vibe of. I picture you know, Naboo as on, well. Yeah, Coruscant, Naboo. Yeah something you know a higher society a higher class a higher something yeah i have joked for a long time one of the things that i really would love to have in star wars is a series about the imperial senate written by aaron sorkin <laughs> like basically give me the star oh! wars version of the west wing west wing yeah and and let's let snuffy do the music he's in his 80s now but you know what you can still do it <laughs> he worked on friday night lights he did yeah. you know some of that other stuff so that's my emotional, you know, sentimental pick because I love the West God, Wing so much. One. It is my favorite TV show of all time. And again, that for me, and especially that theme, is a very traditional orchestral kind of theme. And it runs throughout the show. It's not just that main sure. theme, but he scores the show. He has those moments. There's lots of snare drum because you've got these, you know, it's not military, but it's government moments. And so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, the theme opens up previously on the West Wing with a snare going. But it's funny, that theme, that theme harkens back to like, you know, um, like 18th century America. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's supposed to like oh, for sure. channel that, that bygone era of America, which, you know, right. we all still hold on to for some reason. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's long gone, but there was something about being a free you person, not a free person, a free, free nation. And like, that's right. what that feels like. Right. And, and those drums, the, the military mm -hmm. drums obviously goes back to that ultimate, you know, the revolutionary war. Right. And, and that's, sure. a, that's a good pick. That was a good well, pick. Like I said, um, that, that's my, my sentimental pick. The only other one I had on my list that I don't think we've talked about so far Um and I honestly didn't go back and look it up to re-listen to it, but I remember he did it. There's a guy named Steve Jablonski, and Steve okay. Jablonski did the music for the first Transformers movie when Transformers came oh, out. And I remember that, that being one. very... The and of course, we're talking, you know, we're talking Michael Bay, we're talking big... Yeah. I mean, big Transformers, Crash Boom, Megan yeah. Fox, the whole deal. But it was very soundtracky. It was very, you know, movie score, action movie... And I feel like that's another one. If you want that big cinema vibe, there's the potential that he could have done something like that. Hell yeah. And it's funny, like, you know, like we've been saying, it's not impossible that this thing could happen. You know what I mean? Like, right. I would love to see anyone on our list show up one day. And it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know Natalie Holt's name. But I'll tell you, that Loki theme was a freaking awesome Correct. theme when it was. And the my show. kids lost their mind when I told them yes. because my kids are obsessed with Loki, and yep. they were like, "Oh my god, that's the Loki person!" And I was like, "You knew that, and I didn't. Like, it was exactly seem." And there's something, there's something to that. And you know what? Obviously, a lot of Star Wars won't be made for us one day, and I mean that. Like, sure. we we're we're not, we're gonna watch Star Wars and go. That wasn't made okay. for me. That was made for someone yeah. else. And I think we will accept that. And my one of my last ones, because I have a couple on the list that I've mm -hmm. already kind of gotten to. A couple of mentions. Kevin Parker was one of them. That's uh, the guy from um, Tim and Paula. And I don't know if you know this. He's a huge Star Wars fan. And uh, 
he he like mentions Ewoks in his songs as a joke every now and then. But like his music <laughs> psychedelic rock and it's very atmospheric. I Trey mentioned this one whenever we put that list out. I would agree with Trey. That's really one of the musicians I could see doing a Star Wars, right. but like maybe a more of a modern Star Wars, maybe a little more of a drama Star Wars rather than a you know a big triumphant one. There we go. We're back. <laughs> so uh my other hey, my other my other last pick is um now I don't know how much you've ever watched The Fifth Element. You maybe saw it when it came out in 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. The soundtrack of this movie is so of an era that I can't believe it like like I it captured a perfect time of 19s 90s futuristic kind of like Matrix did where it's like that weird, you know, intersect between you know pre 9-11 and i know that sounds weird right. but i have a big yeah. i have a big theory on music where music significantly changed after 9-11 in america's culture sure. but this luke basson french eric sarah also french and like they have a very french approach to music and mm-hmm. i don't know i think i'm just attractive to, attracted to french people making really unique and weird sounding music this one also has somewhat of a Eastern vibe, but it doesn't at the same time because it has more of a French style instrumentation, which I can see fitting in Star Wars. Hear this. There you go, Brian. That's whenever they're in the back of the uh, taxi cab. And she's like, ah, mm-hmm. and she's like, mm-hmm. she's a bada boom. That's that scene. <laughs> um, I do love the French. I love Nikki Kumar. He's French. One of the weird ones um, <laughs> that I wanted to bring up, just because people have forgotten about it, the original Dune soundtrack in 1984 was by Toto. So yes, just, it was. People need to remember that because that Dune theme was freaking awesome. Listen to this theme. It's super memorable. I mean, that's simple. Dun, 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 dun. Like, <laughs> kind of had that John Williams feel to it. Um, but <laughs> that's right. <laughs> French kissing. Uh, man. Uh, Scott, Scotty's going to go to bed listening to some Edith Piaf tonight. It's going to be on. <laughs> that's it. She's like, it is 10 o'clock. <laughs> Time for bed. Um, no, but I want to say this before we uh, even end up wrapping up. Um Obviously, we're happy with pretty much whatever Star Wars gives us. Maybe one day we'll be unsatisfied in terms of music. But at this point, I think we're living in a golden era. It's experimental. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get we're gonna get weird stuff one day. I'm excited to look back, you know, when Nick's in the retirement community and I'm, you know, going through menopause or whatever men go through. That's right. When I'm at Job of the Hut's retirement home. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> and and we're we'll, we'll go well it used to be good back in our day you know and when i I'm was just a happy kid, to say, we didn't have underwear yeah. salt or potatoes we were happy for it <laughs> we, we, we were thankful for anything we ate anything dirt every day of the week interview 
that's right we ate dirt and drink whiskey um but but in all seriousness i uh i'm hopefully looking forward to the future and i and i hope that it's i hope that it's good i hope it's that it's rich for well, us you and know it, it, i'll throw this out there just as kind of not a caveat but a tack on to what you're talking about or what you're saying we say it all the time you say it i say it pete says it we say it when we talk to each other we say it when we're on other shows if there's star wars music that i don't like you know what i don't have to listen to it <laughs> nope. like you said the kenobi soundtrack didn't blow me away I love that nope. John Williams came back and did a theme for Obi-Wan Kenobi. The theme was good. The theme was good. I love that we got to hear it for the first public time at Celebration. With Unreal. Conducting. It'll be one of the highlights Unreal. of my life. The rest of the soundtrack, it's not bad. It's not my favorite Star Wars music, but you know it's what not. I don't have to do? Be forced to listen to it every day. Because if I want to go listen to the Star Wars soundtrack, or the Jedi soundtrack, or John Powell and Solo, or Mandalorian, it's all out there. It's and all that's out there. the beauty of it. It's not, first of all, it's not for me. It's for all of no. us. Yeah. And the parts that I like, I get to listen to until my ears fall off my head. The parts God. that I don't like, nobody's making me do it. Nobody's making <laughs> exactly. Me it. So it just, it, it is great. And I want more stuff. And I want to, I want you to give me what it, I want you, Lucasfilm, looking at you, meet me at camera one. I want you to give me whatever you want to give me. And I'll listen to it and I'll decide, you know what? I love this. I can't wait to get it in rotation in my office, in my car, in my whatever I'm doing. Or I yeah. wait to go, that's cool. Somebody loves that. Probably Scotty or Jerry, but it's not me. <laughs> and I get to move on and listen to the, like, it just, we're so lucky. We're so blessed. We, we get the things that we get from these creators who put their heart and soul into it. Just because they put their heart and soul in it and doesn't speak to mine doesn't mean it's not good. No, that's it. That's it's my just, it's, that's my but it's, but it's just, it's just part of it too. And you know, I mean, people have their own feelings towards certain, you know, trilogies, and I understand it. And some I don't For respect, sure. but I understand it. Um, but part of it's like, you're so right, you know, it, I like. People, for some reason, tend to think, like, if George didn't make it, it's not Star Wars, whatever. But I have a feeling George would like all this music and all this variety that now his brand and his his little idea have made, you know, his legacy. So, like, I don't know. I, I think music will always be music. I mean, Nick might love the blues, and I think the blues is okay. Whatever, you right. know, whatever it could mm -hmm. be. And I'm just happy to celebrate this with you, particularly because we have the same sensibilities and we Absolutely. know what to expect of real life star Wars. We don't have these blown out expectations. Like I didn't think the Kenobi, like going into Kenobi, I, I kept saying, I hope it's good. I hope I like it. And I left it not really loving it. Right. And that's okay. Sure. Right. I can still watch the duel of the fates edit, you know, on YouTube right now and be very <laughs> happy because it's good, but you don't want to poo poo on someone's enjoyment of anything. Right. And it's not fair to that person. And um, that ultimately leads to one big thing, Nick. You know what that one big thing is? That What's one big that? thing is to plug plug Potathon. What's Potathon, Nick? Potathon <laughs> is a twelve, maybe twelve to fifteen at this point, hour charity podcast stream that is going to happen on Saturday, September the seventeenth, twenty twenty two. Me, you, the Podfather Pete Fletzer, who's busy right, right. now playing retirement home rock. We're going to let him go. Um, <laughs> 
too too far <laughs> not enough i don't know oh it's um, perfect we have been working hard and are continuing to work hard with the help of some other amazing friends to plan this charity podcast stream. And it's going to start at the beginning of the day on Saturday. It's going to go all the way through the end of the day, maybe on the other side. We'll see. And we are raising money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, a truly amazing organization that does so much good work. I have one of my best friends here in Montgomery has yeah. a daughter who is a Make-A-Wish child. We heard her story last year during Potathon. Um, I think we're going to get an update from them this year, which I'm excited oh. for them to, you know, share. Yeah, but we're working to raise money for Potathon. We've got 15 shows, Star Wars shows. We put them at the top of this. They're going to come in. They're going to share who they are, what they do. Guests, <laughs> I don't. I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> guests. We have guests. And buckle your seatbelts, friends, because we've got guests. You don't. You'll know by next week, hopefully. You will know by next week a lot of it or some of it, or big parts of it. I'm just telling you right now, you're not ready. And this isn't an undersell. This isn't like, I'm not ready, and I know. I'm not ready, and I know. I will use the phrase that was stated. Career-changing guests. Like And some of y'all saw, I think Pete put the picture up on on Twitter earlier this week. Or maybe you put it up. Whoever put it up, it's a picture of you. And me and Pete, We're all like getting the news of who one of these guests are going to be. And I believe I have a highlighter in my mouth like this. It's because I was in my office with the door closed and relatively thin walls. And in that moment, in that picture, I was cursing and trying not to yell that curse word at the top of my lungs because <laughs> this is legit. And most importantly, it's legit for a really worthy cause. And it's for a really great yes. opportunity to raise money. We're trying to hit $10,000 last year. We did 8275, I think. Um, it's a big deal. There's so much that's going to come so much more information coming in the next few weeks. Pete announced earlier, I think this week, our, one of our first raffle prizes is from Regal robot. If yeah. you were at celebration or if you weren't at celebration, they had a convention exclusive plaque that was blue harvest, which was from so cool. the original shooting name for return of the Jedi. Um, it's a wooden plaque. It's awesome. I didn't buy one at Celebration yeah. and wish I had. They've offered to donate one of those for one of our raffle mm-hmm. winners. We've got prizes coming from Lucasfilm, a bunch of the book folks. Like We've got a bunch of stuff on deck, and we're continuing to get folks on board. We want it to be fun for you. We want you to donate. We want you to tell your friends. For, again, uh, one of the most worthy causes I can think of. Make-A-Wish literally does just that they make wishes happen for families with children with terminal illnesses difficult illnesses difficult situations and it's it's so good and i can't wait for people to hear more about what we're doing and you're going to hear a lot more between now and september 17th yeah a lot a good a ton and you know what's funny it's like yeah. I, it's hard to believe that in between all that we'll have shows like you know we'll have andor in between all that and we'll have you know, D23 in between all of that. And I agree, Brian, donate early and you actually get more chances to win things from the raffle, right? You get more entries in. And, yep. you know, if if you're a Bombad cast patron, because we only have so many patrons right now, and I'll read that list in a second, you are going to go home with a fandom gives back potathon button before the actual event occurs. So our first giveaway is going to have a little bit of ease in there on top of having other things. And um, Brian robbed the 
rob the entire <laughs> raffle. Well, that is true. We're going to figure out maybe the wheel of death might be a different approach. We have no idea. That That's right. Was, We're still working on that. Insane. That wheel last year was bananas. That was insane. Actually, um, it broke halfway through and we had to go to a different website. We did. And it was so much injury. Um, that being said, if you don't mind, Nick, let me get my uh, my patrons, including UAA. Nice shout out. Whoa, on Twitch. That's weird. I didn't think people watched us on Twitch, except for Combat <laughs> Gaming. Um, our patrons are as listed. Rick Villanueva, Nick Milkay, Joey Tight Pants Organa, <laughs> my boy, Rez, Seth Barnell, Jaron Bachman Stubbs, Trivia Loser, Jeff Quala. <laughs> we also got Brian Fry. What a weird name. <laughs> Michael McCoy. We've also got M from Peakmoke, Brian Hennessy, not Brian Finnessy. Tennessee, Todd DeGrossier. <laughs> we also got uh, Chase Hauser. What a wonderful that gay Jedi. I love Chase. Wesley Woolridge, William Hardy. Huh? He's in the chat right now. We got um, Preston Dugas, another one of my students. Eli from In a Galaxy. Trey Mitchell, the goaded, the greatest. We got David at K2S Bro, yo. We got Alden Diaz. We got Buck O'Brien. And we got Richie Rasputin. So those are the patrons. Uh, this has been Nick Milky and Scotty Jero, uh, the new iteration of Bomb Badcast. Jerry, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, will never be able to make it back. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, Nick, I love you. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on. I love you too. Plug hey, what you I got do... going on tomorrow. I was like, can yes. I plug something else? Um, yes. Great, great minds, you and I, Scotty Jero. That's um, right. Tomorrow night, streaming Star Wars, Friday night, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Me and the Podfather Pete back from his retirement home rock tour. Um, we are going to sit down with the outstanding Kyle Newman. You may know Kyle Newman as the director of the movie Fanboys. He has a new movie out on Amazon Prime called One Up. He also is an author. He's written a Dungeons and Dragons book for people who play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Kyle's oh, going to come hang out really? with us tomorrow night. Yeah, Kyle's going to come hang out with us tomorrow night. We're going to talk about Star Wars and video games. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So Friday night, you know what we do on streaming Star Wars. We have a drink, we do the news, and we talk with a fun guest about whatever it is. Yeah, I'm going to do the news right now that I haven't written yet. Um, this is me. This is Nick Milky, and you're listening to The Stories in the Force. All the links to the original stories can be found in the notes, and I encourage you to check them out. Um, I love tomorrow it. Tomorrow night, Kyle Newman, fanboys, me, Pete, hanging out, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, would love to see y'all there. And then next week, Podcast of the Wheels, we are diving into Attack of the Clones canon study. It's time. Phantom Menace is over. Attack of the Clones is next up. Who's the guest? Who is? Who is? I don't even know. You haven't told me. T TBD. Okay. I haven't recorded it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you can find one of us in our little friend group that we can make it work. Uh, that's awesome, though. I'm excited. That That's going to be a good canon study. I mean, your episodes with Claire, your episodes with Boop, your episodes with Peter. I mean, those, the Phantom Menace ones are the ones I listened to all the way through. And sure. I was like, these people have such interesting perspectives on one movie. And I never knew I needed to hear it. Um, right. You can even get like a, a crazy one, like Alden Diaz to do Attack of the Clones. Charlie Ashby. Oh, there's people I've got a there. whole list of people lined up. There's um, people. And what and what I'm working on, part of we're just working on scheduling. That's always, you know, That's as right. you know, in this space, getting people available uh. when they can. <laughs> You're the only one I can just I can just text, like, tell your wife right now. <laughs> tell your wife her. she doesn't need you on Thursday night. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty texted me and said, 
Do I need to text your wife? Better yet, does Katie need to text your Katie? wife? Katie. <laughs> he knows That's how no this works, there. and he's not even married yet. Not yet. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty clever. Uh that being said, um, Nick, I don't I wouldn't mind you doing it, um, but I think I've plugged everything. Patreon, join it, $7 a month. Nick's a part of it. We need to do some more with it. Um, it's been kind of a wild month going on vacations, um, but always Bombadcast every Thursday. If you love it, come back. It's one of my favorite things to do, as you can tell. Um, you did hear your name. Your name was – you just scrub back literally one minute, and you'll be able to know what it is. Um, that being said, let's close up the show. Nick, what should the wonderful, wonderful people do? Stay bombad. Did you say impossible? Pasquale? Only kidding, Chucky. I've changed my tune because I finally thought of a possible dream that we can all share. What is it? Pasquale? It's a dream about a world when nobody is poor or sick or hungry. Oh, now that's a dream we can make come true. I'm gonna make a change for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I point up Trivia loser, trivia loser, <laughs> loser, loser. You wear stupid shirts. You're a loser. Jared loser. lost at trivia. Jared, He's Jared big lost loser. at trivia. The great Jedi big lost loser. at trivia. <laughs> he lost at trivia, loser. Here's that rainy day.